Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. This week we are going to be focusing on all the moves and transactions that have been happening around the sports world pertaining to NFL free agency, MLB free agency, and the moves that happened before the NHL trade deadline. As just mentioned there, NFL free agency has been pretty wild. MLB free agency has has been in full swing since the end of the lockout a few weeks ago, and the NHL, tra- NHL trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, we, we, will, we will start off talking about the NFL free agency period because it has been the wildest offseason of all time in the history of the National Football League. When to- the news of Tom Brady retiring and unretiring isn't even the biggest story in this offseason – you know it's just insane. I mean, just when you think that like one big move has been made to change the landscape of the league, 24 to 48 hours later, another top move, big move is made to top that move. And with all the trades and free agent acquisitions and all the players that are left on the board as top free agents, like it just goes to show that this offseason is most likely the craziest offseason of all time. So I'll let you go into it here because I know you have your thoughts on every on all the moves. I have my thoughts on all the moves that have been happening. So I'll let you have the floor here. I, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong into the fact that this NFL offseason has been crazy. I mean, just big names moving everywhere. Um, I mean, you have Matt Stafford signing now a nice big contract to stay with the Rams for another four years. I mean, you got Juju now – or not Juju. Yeah, you got Juju now on the Chiefs. Um, you got the Chiefs out really out of nowhere kind of – I mean, I know it came out yesterday that Tyreek Hill couldn't come to a contract agreement with Kansas City, so they send him down to – he goes down to Miami for a nice contract, which – I, I'm not sure how I feel about that move. I think that kind of hurts Tyreek Hill, to be honest, just because he doesn't have a great quarterback throwing him the ball now. Um, but the Bills signed Von Miller, which is huge for us, and O.J. Howard. I mean, there's just so many names going everywhere that we've already talked about, the Russell Wilson going. It's like, and there's still more to come. This is just the beginning of free agency. And like yeah. you said, there's so many big names still out there that teams could pick up. And I'm sure there's going to be more trades happening as well. Yeah, I mean, this offseason has just been insane because, like, when you really think about it, like, yeah, the Bills signed Von Miller, and that was a wild move that came out of nowhere uh, because nobody really expected him to go there. Let's be honest here. Everybody thought that he was going to run it back with the Rams or even potentially return to Denver. Um, but then after but then after that, like, you know, Deshaun Watson gets, tra- Deshaun Watson gets traded – from Houston to Cleveland signs a big extension. Then after, then after that, um, then, uh, then after that, you just, uh, then after that you have like, or before or after that one to two, you have Devonte Adams being traded from the Packers to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for two, for two draft picks. Then after that, at some point you have, um, 
probably not like a big off big offseason move, but one of the top free agents, Taron Armstead, going to Miami to be be a protection detail practically for Tua Tagovailoa. But then yesterday, Tyreek Hill gets <laughs> traded out of nowhere to Miami for five draft picks, and then it's just like, well, this is fucking crazy. So and then you two, got uh, the Chiefs as well today picking up uh, Marquez, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah. There's just been so much going on. I like Miami how they redid. The, they have revamped their O line, and you could consider them probably one of the better O lines in the league now. But it's still the fact that you look at just who that quarterback is, and he hasn't his two years in the league now. He hasn't really proven anything, so it's hard for me to see where Miami's going to end up because of it. Um, in terms of Deshaun Watson though going to Cleveland, I guess it all depends on whether or not he gets the Sean Watson gets suspended or not compared. Cause I do honestly think this team probably is the best team now in the AFC North. If they have Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, but who is to see what's going to happen with that in terms of whether or not how many, cause I'm assuming a suspension is coming. It's just a matter of fact of how long. Yeah, no, without a doubt there. I mean, it's just a matter of how long there I think six games, based on recent trends and everything, especially since the fact that he's not being charged or indicted on anything. Now everything is just civil lawsuits at this point, which, I mean, there's still a staggering amount. But, I mean, Cleveland definitely, like, want, like when it comes to that move, that move baffled me because, like, that whole situation with Baker, he requested a trade, then they said they're not trading him. Then, then they trade for Deshaun Watson, and they don't even give Baker Mayfield to the Texans. They just give up a bunch of picks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're keeping Baker because they know that Deshaun is going to be suspended. They just don't know how long. So I'm assuming once Deshaun Watson comes back, he'll be the starter of that team, depending on how Baker Mayfield starts the season with this Browns team. And I mean, if, and if at the end of the day he's even there, because now I look at kind of Atlanta for an option for Baker Mayfield as well. With I know Atlanta just traded Matt Ryan and they signed um, Marcus, Marcus Mariota, but I think. Baker, that could be a spot for him now, especially with the Colts being out of the question with having Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, is like you literally look at like the quarter, the whole carousel of the league as a whole. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan being traded to the Colts, like another big move. And Atlanta's practically just signing Marcus Mariota there. And the thing is, though, is he hasn't been a starting quarterback in the league for two years. So you don't know how he's going to perform. But when it comes, but then like when it comes to Baker Mayfield, like, how's he going to react to being a backup in Cleveland if he stays in Cleveland? How would he react to being in Atlanta on a team that, like, isn't really expected to compete for anything? Well, I do think with the quarterback, that team could with their – I mean, they have a star-studded offense, in my opinion. Um, Not not star-studded, but they have a good offense, in my opinion. Capable, capable offense. And especially in that division they play in, it's not – it's not one of the toughest divisions in football besides the fact that Tom Brady is still in that division. You have the Bucks, But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, you could find yourself, if Atlanta was to get a capable quarterback like a Baker, I do see them. That's a team that could be in the hunt for playoffs as a wild card. Yeah, I mean, the NFC is completely is a complete crapshoot at this point. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, when, like, when you really look at it there, I mean, all the moves that, are, that have been happening have been primarily dominant in the uh, – in the AFC. I mean, 
look at the like look at the AFC West. I mean, everybody's been talking about all the moves that they've made. I mean, we talked about the Russell Wilson move. We talked about the, the, the Devontae Adams trade, the Raiders signing Chandler Jones, um, the Chargers trading for Khalil Ma- for trading for Khalil Mack. I mean, these moves happened like just just weeks ago, and they're not even the biggest move like days and weeks ago, and they're not even the biggest moves um, in the NFL right now. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe we could wake up tomorrow morning. We could wake up tomorrow morning and we can see either Teron Matthew or Odell Beckham Jr. signed by somebody that just came out of the blue out of nowhere, because those are two top free agents still available on the market. Um, so, so, but I, going back, but I, going I, back, I, sorry, but going back to like, you know, Atlanta in the NFC, like you said, I mean, I can see them be like, I'm not saying that they're like done for already. I'm not writing them off because let's be honest, the NFC, uh, the NFC South is practically a crapshoot. I don't care that Brady is back to be honest, because the thing is, is that when it comes to, when it comes to it, the Bucks still have a lot, the Bucks still have a lot to fit holes, a lot of holes to fill because they had a couple, uh, a couple losses on the offensive line. One of them being a retirement uh, they still have they still have Chris Godwin, even though he's signed re-signed to an extension. He's still going to be out for an extended period. He's still going to be out for some period of time, recovering from a torn ACL. The Panthers, like nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Like if they're in rebuild mode, if they think I they, think they have to. I, there, I don't, there's no I don't see that team being a contender. But like you said, the NFC is a crapshoot. Well, I mean the thing is though is like the Panthers like they don't know what the fuck they're doing half the time. Like they can just wake up and say, Hey, we're here. And then you've got the saints who are going to have a new head coach for the first time in like 15 years. Um, and I they mean, got, a, I think they got the starting quarterback still. Cause they just resigned. Jameis. Uh, just resigned Jameis. So standing on a corner back standing on a corner down in Nola, Jameis Winston, such a fine sight to see. <laughs> we can't rip out the part of my take guys. <laughs> they're going to come in and sue us making their hundred thousand an episode. <laughs> but um, no, I I with the Tyre going back to that Tyree Kill move though, I'm um, switching back to the AFC real fast. I don't see the Chiefs as a big of threat as you used to now. Um, yes, I know they bring in Juju, who is a great, who's going to be the number one receiver. Who I I like Juju. Um, and they bring in MVS now, but it's like Tyree Kill brought so much to that offense. It's like what's going to happen with that now? Because they're clearly. Yes, they're still going to be wrong. Don't get me good. Don't take this out of context. But they're just not going to be as explosive as they were just no. with what Tyreek Hill brought to the table for that team. You're not wrong there. I mean, the thing is, though, is like when you really think – I mean, like when you really think about it, like Tyreek Hill is practically a video game cheat code. I mean, like him and Mahomes had such a chemistry. Like Mahomes could literally just throw the ball like – behind his back blindfolded and somehow Tyreek Hill would find a way to catch the ball. I mean, if I, I may be exaggerating just a little bit, but like, that's how good the chemistry was. Whereas like with Juju coming in and, and MVS coming in, like these are, these aren't cheat code receivers. Like I'm not bashing theirs. I'm not bashing them as receivers because they're not, they're not bad wide receivers, but they're not going to be like what you expect with Tyreek Hill, honestly. I mean, no, not at all. I mean, no, I don't think there's a receiver in the league that could give you that. No, not at all. I mean, just based on the fact with how just his speed alone just can ruin a defense. And I mean, I've seen it now whenever he plays the Bills, Tyreek Hill always seems to torch our defense. Um, But every other team, like now him going to Miami, he doesn't have that Patrick Mahomes quarterback throwing him the ball anymore. So it's like, how much can. 
Tyreek actually, you know, people are talking about, oh, this makes Miami a playoff contender. Yes, they've been a playoff contender, but it's still the fact that I don't trust that quarterback yet. Now, stuff could happen where something just clicks for two and he figures out how to throw the ball, but they're still in the same division as the Bills now, who the Bills have made great improvements. Um, Patriots really, I mean, the Patriots and the Jets out of the um, AFC East are really kind of struggling to find guys to come play for them. Well, I mean, nobody wants to go play for the Jets. And the thing is, though, is like the Patriots like play early 2000s type football and let's and they're becoming a team that nobody wants to go play for either there. And I'm not going to sound like the and I'm not going to sound like anybody from WGR or any of the biased Buffalo media. And say and say, hey, you can't. And say, hey, Patriots players, you can't uh, show pictures of rains with Tom Brady anymore because most of those players, most of these players, never played with Brady. But the thing is, though, is like it's almost as if like nobody really wants to go to New England anymore. Nobody want. Well, nobody's wanted to go to the Jets for years, anyways. I mean, they're just a crapshoot of a franchise, anyways. But. All the moves that Miami is making, whether it's Teron Armstead, the offensive tackle, trading for Tyree Kill, but then also like you know signing Chase Edmonds as well, and then just also making, and then just also you know keeping keeping key guys on offense and defense, keeping key guys on offense and defense as well. I mean, when you look at the move, the move, the players on offense for Miami, there's like eight players now with. Over that had now looking at last season stats, they had over 500 yards of of uh, 500 scrimmage yards on the field, and based on the toll, based on the total of scrimmage yards for those eight players, it was like almost 5,000 combined. So the thing is, though, is like I I don't think Miami's going to rely too much on their defense because of them hiring the offensive coach uh, minded coach of Mike McDaniel. So. Clearly, Miami's game plan is to pre- clearly Miami's game plan with this is you know get as many offensive guys as you can to help Tua out, and now it's going to be a practically a playoffs or bust situation for Tua Tagovailoa playing in the AFC East. But the thing is, though, is like with that extra seventh extra, that extra spot now, like the seventh seed, um, Miami Miami kind of has a pretty decent chance if you if when you look at it based off of who they have on paper. I mean, obviously, you still have to compete with the AFC West and the teams in the AFC West who have been stacking up left and right. Well, and so are the teams in the AFC North as well. I like I like, I like, like the move that the Steelers went to get Trubisky because I think Trubisky is a good quarterback. I mean, he took two Matt Nagy offenses um, or Matt Nagy-run teams to playoffs in back-to-back years um, and his years there, and then – now you look at though the Bengals added a lot of depth into their offensive line to help to just going to help out Joe Burrow a lot considering he didn't have much of that last year, and they signed uh Hayden Hayden Hurst. I could see all four teams out of the AFC North as well getting in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, the AFC is just one uh, just a big monster compared to how the NFC is going to be stacked up this year. I'm so glad I support a crap NFC team rebuilding that thinks that <laughs> they have a chance at, make, at taking the seventh seed. Because, like, when you really look at what's been happening, all the moves have been practically made in the AFC, whereas the NFC, like, really hasn't been doing anything. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean – other than t- the only team that they're talking about in the NFC, the only teams they're talking about in the NFC are Tampa, Green Bay, and somehow Dallas, even though those fuckheads haven't done shit. They've been losing players left and right. But, I mean, the thing is there is, like, 
I mean, obviously teams have been making moves, but the thing is though, is like, they're not, they're, they're moves for like depth from what I'm, from what it feels like, you know, just to like retool and fill holes. Whereas the AFC teams have just been like, Oh, you don't like your team. You can come play for us. We'll throw away our future. The cap is imaginary. Because that's, I'm convinced at this point that's like what what the situation is here. I'm convinced that the cap is imaginary. It doesn't. It's just a figment of everybody's imagination. I mean, I mean, teams are throwing. I find it completely flabbergasting that teams are deciding to throw away their future for one or two players. I mean, I mean, granted, the Buffalo Bills have not done that because like they signed Von Miller in free agency. But, like, the Dolphins gave up three picks, like, from this year's draft alone for Tyreek Hill. And the Browns gave up, I believe, like, what, three picks, like, three picks, if not from this year, but next year's draft for Deshaun Watson. And granted, like, you don't know how the draft picks are going to turn out. But the thing is, though, is, like, what if that player that you have doesn't turn out to be what they were for their former team. Then you're just like, well, fuck, we are so screwed. Yeah, I mean, you can look at that at any free agent signing, but it's like most of these names that we have talked about already are big names that you know are going to be competitive. So, I mean, I know that people, I know people in Buffalo who don't really understand football, like, oh, why would you sign Von Von Miller for six years? It's like, well, let's be honest, those last three years of that contract don't matter. Everything, no. everything's going to be front loaded and we'll be able to cut him after three years. If we want to, this well, is just for us a win now, a win now move. Where it's like, you look at the last two teams that won the super bowl, just kind of went into win now mode. And this is what teams in the league are doing. Cause they realize that they can get out of this, like just avoid the salary cap, which I, I really don't understand how they do it. Um, salary cap honestly means nothing to me. Um, the salary cap is an imaginary number. I'm convinced of it there. But yeah, no, the thing is, though, is like the strategy of the Bills, yeah, the strategy of your team that you support has changed over the past few years. Obviously, when Bean and McDermott first came in, get the team out of the shithole that it was in, get into the playoffs. And we they saw the playoffs that first year on the, on the, with the shithole under McDermott. Yeah, that was it. Then they drafted Allen, hit a bump in the road because he got injured. I don't want to hear about like, oh, if he was, if he didn't, if he wasn't injured, we wouldn't make playoffs again. Though I'm not. No, he didn't deserve to make playoffs in his second year in the or his first year in the league. Yeah, I was. I'm not about to have that conversation. People have had to try. Have had to try that conversation with me, and I have told them to shut the fuck up. Um, Nineteen. Uh, not uh, not uh, nineteen. I mean, nineteen. We squawked. We squawked. Squeaked in the playoffs. Squeaked in the playoffs, lost in the first round. Still kind of not as great, but still kind of shit. Not as great, but still, but not as shit. Then you make your run to the AFC Championship and you lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, it was practically beat the Chiefs or nothing. You beat them in the regular season, couldn't beat them in the playoffs. Um, it is what is there. Then you saw what the Rams have done and it's like, oh shit, this, this can actually happen. So now it's practically every, not only are the Bills doing this, but other teams are. It's win now mode. It's like we have the tools here. We just are one or two players away. Forget what the cap is. The league isn't going to do jack shit about it because let's be honest. I mean, I mean, like when's the last time? Like when's the last time the NFL has given a shit about like 
people like close to salary cap or above it or whatever there. I mean, I mean, this isn't, this isn't major league baseball with uh, the, with the, with the luxury tax. Uh, if you're over a certain, if your salary is over a certain amount in the um, uh, over a certain amount or anything like that. So yeah, the bills like have made their moves to win now. And the thing is though, is like the bills, everybody's been saying the bills, have like are on paper they're the best team in the National Football League and they should definitely win the Super Bowl. And if they do not win the Super Bowl this year, then it's a failure. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I mean, you look at this team now, how they're stacked up is you got everything you need. Maybe add now, just go get cornerback number two in the draft. Um, add Odell Beckham if you need to. Get See, everything. my thing about Odell Beckham there is I thought instead of the Chiefs signing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I thought maybe they would have taken a risk on Odell, said, okay, here, we can help you with your rehab along the way. You're, gonna, you're not going to play the full season with us, but the thing is, though, is if you can play at least at least, may, at least maybe half the season with us, we'll consider, that, we'll consider that a success. We'll give you a one year. We'll see what happens, and then we'll go from there. I thought maybe the Chiefs would have done that instead of signing Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But – I guess the Chiefs don't want to take a risk on the health of Odell Beckham Jr., seeing that this is his second torn ACL. Yeah, and with the Chiefs as well, they don't want to miss out on a guy for half a season because losing Tyreek Hill, I think, meant that much to them. Because I agree, if if they never lose, I mean, if they never lose Tyreek, then clearly this conversation isn't needed, but they do. And I don't think they can go a whole season without him. So they took a guy at MVS who... Is I and he's a very good wide receiver. I liked him at Green Bay, and now you get him for a full season alongside Juju. So I, I just think they're not willing to take that risk on that half season type thing. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt there, without a doubt there. I mean, it's just insane as everything's been happening. I mean, when you really think about the moves that the Chiefs have made, though, like it's almost as if like they maybe they feel that they're actually falling behind the rest of their division with the moves that the Broncos have made, the Raiders have made and the Chargers have made. I mean, we talked about like how, and it starts with Russell Wilson, the Broncos practically trading their future away for Russell Wilson, because they're practically, they think he's the quarterback to take a pretty good Broncos team to the next level. The Raiders signing Chandler Jones, trading for Devonte Adams, getting Derek Carr, that number one wide receiver once again, um, and then also, and the Raiders getting a great pass rusher um, to go alongside Max Crosby, who's one of the better defensive players in the league. And then the Chargers trading for Khalil Mack to play alongside Joey Bosa. And I mean, the thing is, though, is like those are those are just the main moves. I mean, there have been other moves that have been happening where the where we just look at the AFC West and they're just gonna beat the shit out of each other. We haven't even gone into the. We haven't even gone. We we've barely scratched the surface of the north, and we've actually practically ignored the south here because I mean the Texans and the Jaguars like they've been, they they're irrelevant. Oh, well, I Texans, actually like the Jaguars' moves. Well, they've been stacking up on the offensive line to protect Trevor Lawrence, which well, is and they got Trevor Lawrence there. some weapons now because at least now they got they got Zay Jones, they got um. Um, what's the guy from Arizona that they signed? Oh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. And then they went and got a year-old tight end in um Evan Ingram. Yeah, so, like, bricks they're, for they're hands. Giving, 
It's they're I like Evan Ingram. They're giving him at least weapons now and some protection, so we can actually kind of see now what Trevor Lawrence might actually be made of. Um, yeah, this is very true. This is very true. I mean, it's gonna be I think, interesting. I think if, that might if they can if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback that people thought he was going to be out of college and he shows it this year. I think they're contenders for that AFC South just based on the fact that the I I don't think the Colts upgraded that quarterback by any means. They have a revolving door of fin, of soon to be retired quarterbacks coming through the door now. Because, was it four quarterbacks in the last four seasons out for them? Yeah, it's like six different starting quarterbacks in the last six years because Andrew Luck didn't start like one didn't start week one like the one year it was Scott Tolzine and then Andrew and then Andrew Luck came back because he was injured. But the thing is though is like since he retired, uh, since he retired, I mean they've had a revolving door. I mean you yeah. had Philip Rivers, Carson, like it was like what Jacoby Brissett, uh, Philip yep. Rivers, Brissett, Carson Rivers. Now what the Wentz experiment that failed. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, it wasn't a failure because they were contenders all year, and and then he just hit the bed in the, and final then the last game. Yeah, the last game against the Jaguars, just the whole team fell apart. Yeah, exactly. And now Matt Ryan. I mean, the thing is, though, is like, I looking at the South. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think the Colts like really upgraded anything. I mean, uh, the Titans really have the Titans like. They traded for Robert Woods, but he's coming off a torn ACL. We don't know when he's going to be ready. I they cut Julio. They cut Julio. So Robert Woods is definitely is actually. And we all know he'll take Julio Jones's spot. But then, like you look at, I, we don't need to go into the Texans. They're a fucking crapshoot franchise. Yeah, Texans are not going to be relevant for years to come. Texans should just fold as a franchise. In fact, they should. They should have never been allowed a franchise, in my opinion. But move them. Move them to Quebec. No, that's uh, uh, that's that's the Arizona Coyotes. That's the Arizona Coyotes. Um, uh, yeah, mo- yeah, yeah, the yeah, uh, first NFL franchise in Canada, um, uh, and in a French-speaking city too. I like it. They would love it. They would love it. Yeah, yeah. Take take yeah. some shine off the shitty Canadians, even though they've been playing good under. Yeah, Jay Sweet, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> that's exactly what they would say. Oh my god! But yeah, I mean. Then we go, like, I mean, the thing is, though, is, like, we're still, like, in, like, free agency and moves and trades are still going to happen, obviously. Where do you think mean, Landry goes? Jarvis? Yeah. I forgot he was I forgot he was available. Well, he's on the block. I mean, they're letting him go anywhere. Um, I don't know, actually. I really don't know where Jarvis would go. Um... You guys signed um, uh, what's his name uh, from the Jets, uh, old wide receiver. Uh, what's his name? Oh, so, um, I, he's irrelevant to me. We assigned him and Duke Johnson. Yeah, um, well, he was name. Uh, shit, um, uh, Jets wide receiver. Shit, I forgot the name now. Uh, it's gonna bug me. I'm going to the Bills Instagram right now to find it. <laughs> Fair enough. Go to find it. But hey, other podcasts do it too, so it's okay. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, they signed Duke Johnson because like, well, you were Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder. Okay, yeah. So there, there, there goes that. Um, yeah. Well, you were gonna over. They were gonna overpay for J.D. McKissick anyways because he was gonna be a third down pass back, uh, passing a halfback anyways. For yeah, just that's how we got Duke Johnson back. and it was uh, practically the same thing, but yeah. you got it cheap. Exactly. I, yeah, the whole fiasco with 
McKissick was weird to me. He said he's got unfinished business in Washington. What unfinished, unfinished business? Unfinished You're business to do what? You're in the fucking NFC East, one of the worst divisions in all of football. I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got, uh, after the Cowboys, it's three, uh, three crapshoot teams. One of them is rebuilding. I mean, they're practically becoming Buffalo South with the moves they made, except for signing, um, oh, uh, Ricky Seals, Ricky yeah. Seals Jones. Uh, what we should do is just flip the two, the two Texas teams, just put the Cowboys in the, Put the Cowboys in the AFC South and give the NFC beast the Texans. That'll be the worst division ever. <laughs> the Giants may have a chance to win the division then. Buddy, because... I think you guys would tie every game and no one would go to playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there has to be a division winner. So you guys would yeah. all go. You guys would all go. Oh, and oh, uh, and six in your division. Or oh, oh, and six in your division. Oh, it's excellent division. You're funny. But, yeah, no, we got the Giants practically becoming Buffalo South with the moves Joe Shane and Brian Dabble have been making, except for the addition of Ricky Seals-Jones, who practically is just a copycat version of Evan Ingram. Um, I do like that they've addressed the offensive line again earlier than August, so that's a good start there. Um, Philadelphia, like, I don't know what the fu- – I don't know what they're doing. I mean uh, – <laughs> I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I, I know, forgot about that. I forgot that they made playoffs. <laughs> you forgot that they're a team. It's I, all good. I forgot that they're – we forgot that they're a team. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything in the offseason, I feel like. No, anything they really meaningful. They least. cut Fletcher Cox, but the thing is, those that the move, the talk was is that they were going to plan on re-signing him to a uh, – short to a uh, cheaper contract, but they still haven't done that yet. Um, I mean, the Cowboys have been losing people left and right. I mean, they lost Lael Collins to um, uh, Cincinnati. They lost Randy Gregory to Denver. They lost uh, Cedric Jones to Miami. And they lost Amari Cooper. Where? Oh, to the he got traded to the Browns. That's why Landry's leaving. So. Mm-hmm. The Browns have practically given up their future for two players because, if I remember correctly, they gave up a they what like two draft picks for Cooper or something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy. I and I I don't think Cooper is. Yes, he's a good wide receiver, but I don't think he is what like the Browns paid for him. No, he's not what the Browns paid for him. But the thing is, though, is like, I mean, so it's interesting to see, like, you know, how the NFC. How the NFC beast will be. I mean, it'll be a crapshoot per usual. But then, like, when you look at the North, I mean, Chicago hasn't done anything. They traded Khalil McAway, but, like, no major moves. You know, they're, I think they're in a full rebuild, rebuild now and just kind of going to show Justin Fields that he's going to be their future there and try to do everything they can to help him. But, yeah, I think it was time for Khalil Mack to go from there. I mean, the Browns – or the Bears, excuse me, weren't – going to do anything that's still the Packers division. So it's like, why not clean house and get as many picks as you can and stuff out of this? Well, I mean, the Packers, I mean, they still, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't leave that contract now. I mean, you lose your, you lose two of your top wide receivers and. Well, he had to know though, before he signed the contract, I'm assuming that they weren't going to be able to pay. They weren't. The cap is imaginary. The cap is imaginary. Well, I mean, Adams was looking for a scenery change, I think. Um, now he's going back to playing his. I don't know. He's from. He's gonna go back. He's gonna play with Derek Carr. Yeah, he's gonna play with Derek Carr again. And I, I think that catapults. I think that Devontae Adams moves helps Oakland more than Tyreek Hill to Miami. Vegas, but yes, I get your point. Vegas, yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, Devon, that whole Devontae Adams thing, like 
kind of like changed like Tyreek Hill's direction. I mean, he was looking for a he wasn't looking for a scene scenery change. He was looking for more money, but yeah. the Chiefs couldn't pay him. So he went to Miami because they could offer him the money. And there's less tax and there's less less taxes. Yep, no state tax out. in Miami or no state tax in Florida. It's a nice, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. No state tax in Florida. That's me. Maybe that's another reason why all these players are going to Miami. Then it's Miami. So who knows there? But I mean, then you got then the Packers lost to Darius Smith, who originally was going to go to Baltimore. Then he said, "Fuck you, I'm going to go to Minnesota." So now the Vikings uh, signs Darius Smith, um, but they also but they also decided to keep Kirk Cousins for another season for a full whopping thirty five million dollar guaranteed contract, who practically is the smartest Kirk Cousins. I was just going to say he's probably the smartest. Probably whatever, the smartest player ever in the NFL. Whatever you think of him as a quarterback, what do you think he's good? What do you think he's complete dog shit? He is the smartest quarterback business-wise of all time. I mean, he has made over $200 million alone playing quarterback, okay? And that's all in guaranteed money. So whatever you think of him quarterback-wise, look at him as a businessman. He is a No, look at, look at his agent. His agent is a wonderful man. I need to get him for a contract somewhere. Cause if he's getting Kirk cousins that I could definitely get a contract in some sport. If that guy was my agent. Yeah. That guy's your agent. I'm pretty sure that they can get you a deal somewhere. Maybe for like fucking Accrington Stanley in league one, but maybe, um, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. Accrington Stanley in league one announces uh, Jake Sosha on a one, on a, on a five year deal um, uh, with an option for a sixth. He will play goalkeeper. I, I can do it. I played goalkeeper a little bit in high school for yeah, yeah, we two, know. two games, I think. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know. We know. But, um, but, weird to me, though, seeing um, – going back to Buffalo here for a second, just because like, we're from here, so it's easier to talk about people will just cons- uh, get you uh, – I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm just going to skip right past that. Um, get you still but think like, about it, like, like, talk about Buffalo sports scene that, like, this is our area. Yeah. Um, think about it, like five years ago, no free agents want to like would have wanted to come to Buffalo. Now you look at us getting a guy like Von Miller, OJ Howard. It's just like you can see the culture changing. Of people actually wanting to come play for this. Uh, J.D. McKissick uh, thought the culture wasn't well, changing. J.D. McKissick. Next time he comes to Buffalo, is he might get more booze than Jack Eichel did. <laughs> nah, no, nothing. It, it is weird though, because like think about it, like if I told like five years ago, no, Buffalo had to overpay for players to come play for us. Yeah, no, you're not wrong there. I mean, I've had the same thought process. I mean, but that's with every franchise that, like, that are losers. Like, loser loser franchises. That's what Jacksonville's doing right now is having to overpay players to come play for them, but you have to do that sometimes. Yeah, loser franchises have to, like, throw money at people, literally, to, like, get people – to get players to come play for them. I mean, that – I mean, that's, like, why, like – that's like why the Giants are not like signing people to more than like a three year deal because they know that they don't have to. For, well, first off, even though I think the cap is imaginary, the Giants think the cap is actually a thing. So they want to stay. They they need to get under the cap and they want to stay under the cap and obviously and not go too far over the cap or whatever, um, uh, whatever there. Um, but everybody they've been signing is like restructuring contracts, one and two year deals. Um, I think the lo- I think w- the longest contract they've given this offseason was to the offensive lineman they signed from the Colts, and that's a four-year deal. But the thing is, though, is like everything else has been on the cheap. So they're not trying. So 
But when you look at the Jaguars, they've been overpaying. I mean, look at look at what they did. I'm going to be biased here because I've, I think Evan Ingram has bricks for hands, and look at what they're paying him. But the thing is, though, is like you said, loser. Like you said, teams have to do that sometimes. If if you are a loser franchise and you want players, you have to overpay them. Buffalo had to do that for years, and I mean longer than even five years ago. I mean. Now Buffalo is one of the premier destinations to come play for in the National Football League. And no, and if you would have told me that five, even five years ago, I would have called you insane. The Von Miller signing is probably the biggest splash signing since Mario Williams 10 years ago. It's, it's a nice change in culture for Buffalo, but this is what happens when you bring in I mean, you draft. This is what happens when you have good management. When you draft well, um, you get the right players around. You set the right culture in the locker room, and this is what's going to start happening. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the thing is, though, is the same thing can be said for any sports. I mean, like when you look at like when you look at baseball, like you're not. And we'll go into this, and I'll go into this late, uh, like as we go on. But you're not seeing loser franchises like, well. You're not seeing bum franchises with cheap ass owners not spending like not not overpay like in baseball it's different. They're just not paying at all. But the thing is though is they're not even spending money because they know players aren't going to want to go to them because their franchises suck. Um, whereas in football, basketball, hockey, hockey will just throw. Well, basketball is a different story. They'll just throw money at God knows what to come play for them and players change teams every 30 seconds. So it's not even worth it. It, it ha- the, the, the landscape changes so much. It's not even worth like getting a basketball Jersey for a player at this point. Um, hockey is a little different. I mean, you know, you've got players that will just go to a team because like, they feel like it's a good fit for them. And then all of a sudden that good fit for them, which is, which could be fucking Florida turns into be one of the better teams in the National Hockey League because, like, oh, I like what this guy's doing down there, and it happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the culture shock is de- – a culture change and culture shock is definitely an aspect of it. Another aspect of it could be just people chasing money. Uh, I'd be, I mean, if Tyreek Hill went to Miami more along the lines just because to get more money than instead of going home, then that makes sense there. Deshaun Watson could be the same thing too. I mean, I I mean Cleveland probably offered him more money than any of the other teams interested in him. I mean, when you think about it, I and this is me personally, I thought he was going to go to Atlanta because he's from Georgia. He said he wanted to go home, but clearly Atlanta wasn't going to give him what he wanted, and Cleveland just said, "Oh, here, we'll give you that." And then they got him, even though they were told they were out. Yeah, I was confused about that because when uh, when did he when was he traded last Tuesday? Yeah, it was traded like last. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday. Yeah, because I remember like the day before they said that because Baker had put in that trade request and they turned it down. So I assumed they were out um, based on the fact them telling Baker no. But then the next day they go and sign him. So I was just confused as to one why they didn't let Baker go unless they like plan on Watson being suspended. If not, maybe for a whole year. So, like, we'll keep Baker on for the last year because this will be the last year of his contract because I don't – they, I think they picked up the fifth year on him, right? Yeah, I think they did. They did. I, I believe that they did. I believe that they did, actually, yeah. But, I mean, we'll just see, like, what happens there. I mean, 
one team that really has one teams that really have surprised me with not really doing anything are Arizona and Seattle. I mean, those two teams like really haven't done much. I mean, or or anything. I mean, honestly, I mean, like Seattle. Seattle let Wag, Bobby Wagner go. They traded Russell Wilson. The I really haven't seen them like make any signings to fill holes or anything. And Arizona, it seems like that they're doing nothing either. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they're signing people, but the thing is, those like again, they're just moves maybe to fill holes or like retool or whatever because of of where they stand. But other than that, like nothing else is really can't come as a shock to me. But then again, like I said, I could wake up we could wake up tomorrow morning and we could see that maybe like Jarvis Landry goes to fucking I don't know, San Francisco or Odell Beckham Jr. signs a contract to go down to to go down to Tampa. Or Teron Matthew goes signs a contract to Go play for the Cowboys or something crazy. I, like that. I, I saw a tweet today that I guess I don't know how true this is or not, um, but it said that um, the Panthers have called the Bills about digs and they were going to offer them a first and a third or something like that. And they said Buffalo was reviewing it, but I don't really know how true that is. Stefan Diggs did tweet out earlier today nothing personal, strictly business. It's nothing personal, Sonny. It's well, yeah, good. but I I don't know how true that is because Diggs always tweets. Diggs always tweets and makes things interesting. But the thing is, though, is, hey, I mean, he probably wants a contract extension. So that's probably just going to be more along the lines of, like, the Bills aren't going to trade him. If the Buffalo Bills trade Stephon Diggs only two years after having him, then that's just a baffling move for the franchise. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people – that that either that are fans of the Bills, uh, Bills Twitter, and even the fucking radio station is probably just gonna be up in arms over that. And I don't, I wouldn't want to know about the opinions that would be all over social media and all over the airwaves calling into WGR. I'm pretty sure there would be some stupid idiot that would say like some I would that. That would probably call for everybody's head at that point, which I mean, like, you know, that would be an over the top reaction. But if Diggs were to get traded, you know, maybe I could see like where he's coming from. But that's just me. Right. I wonder if you saw that Tyreek Hill contract and now he like wants something close to that. Hey, the cap is an imaginary number. So anything. You are right. If you're in win now mode, pay that man, I guess. I I would as well. I mean, he's been here the reason that Josh Allen took that next step in his third year in the league. And then this year, I mean, he just got better as Josh clearly got better as well. Um, and it has a lot to do with him. Just anytime the ball's really thrown in his direction, he doesn't drop it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, we still got like, we still got like weeks, months of free agency trades can happen. Um, because the NFL season doesn't start until September. So we're, we're just getting started. So everybody just take a seat, join the ride, and enjoy the roller coaster at this point because, you know, you don't know where anything's going to take you at this point. This is true, but it will be – I, I just – I'm excited now for the draft. We're going to be getting closer to the draft. As soon as the draft comes, we're going to be right into football season. I mean, it goes like – it goes like at the blink of an eye, really. Practically, practically. Let me enjoy my baseball season, though. 
It's almost summer. Yeah, the you, you, you can enjoy that. I I will be watching in and out. <laughs> I will enjoy my baseball season. I will let me do that. But let's move to baseball free agency now because since the lockout has ended, there have been moves across baseball um, that have been mind-boggling, baffling, um, and kind of made head turns to say the least, in my opinion. I don't even yeah, this, know. Like I said, this is this is all you. This is all you. <laughs> this this I, segment is all you. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, Carlos Correa is on the Twins now. I mean, signed a three-year deal. I don't know what kind of status the Twins are as contenders. Um, I mean, they traded Josh Donaldson, and uh, they traded Josh Donaldson and Isaiah. Pronounce the guy's name, but uh, to the Yankee, like the stuff. So and uh, Isaiah, what I, I can't pronounce his name, but they traded him to the Yankees. Like they got Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez in return. Um, so I don't know, like what the twin status is there. Um, the Yankees got a stopgap shortstop. They did not go after any infield free agent at all, which baffled me. I mean, they didn't sign Carl. They didn't make an offer for Correa, which makes sense there because I guess a lot of players, from what I was seeing um, and following, a lot of players would have been very pissed off if the Yankees even made an offer for Carlos Correa because they just hate the guy. They didn't make a move for Trevor Story, even though he was heavily linked to them in free agency. He ended up going to the Red Sox. Freddie Freeman is now on the Dodgers, um, which made which I guess made sense considering the it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. The Braves letting their franchise player go uh, for nothing, but then I get they traded for Matt Olson, uh, first base, former first baseman for the Oakland Athletics. Um, the one thing that that inter- the one thing that intrigues me the most about baseball trades is that they don't trade draft picks; they just trade random prospects that have been in the farm system for God knows how many years, and. That's how the trades work there. Like they give up like a minor player and maybe some prospects. But the Braves got Matt Olson. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays got Matt Chapman, Oakland's third, the Oakland Athletics third baseman. So Oakland practically traded its ends of the infield and got a shit ton of prospects. Um, the Rockies signing Chris Bryant to a $185 million contract, if I'm correct there. Make I, I, I'm completely baffled by that move by the Rockies. Like, they let Nolan Arenado go um, for practically nothing, and they tell the Cardinals that they can that they'll take on his salary, and then they sign Chris Bryant. I mean, kudos to him; he's got a ring and everything. So, I, if this is purely financial move for Chris Bryant, good for you. You're gonna get your money. The Rockies will pro- the Rockies will probably trade you in about three years. And then you can just go wherever and maybe try to win a second ring. But um, the Reds signed Tommy Pham. Um, that move, ba- that move, good for the Reds. I mean, that move baffled me a little bit. Um, the Twins traded for Sonny Gray. The Twins traded for Sonny Gray too. Um, so he's back in the American League. I mean. Again, some of the moves that have been that the, that have been made have been head scratchers. Other moves that have been made make sense to me. The Yankees frustrate the Yankees frustrate me at this point uh, a little bit here, and they better hope that Peraza and or Volpe are fucking godsends at shortstop or infield prospects because 
the fact that they're choosing to rely on a stopgap for at least one to two years and then maybe and then hope that the prospects are practically the second coming of Jesus at this point. Um, make like when you could because when you think of the New York Yankees, like you think of them as big flashy spenders, like oh, you see all these like infield pro infield big name signings available or all these trades could that could be made for to help improve positions and they don't make a move for anything. They made that one trade with the Twins. They don't trade for Matt Olson. They trade Luke Voigt away for a guy that has a six-plus ERA. Um, they they didn't even attempt to trade for Matt Chapman, who I didn't even know was on the block, to be honest. I mean, that trade to Toronto just came out of nowhere. And then, I mean, and now, and now they're struggling to sign Aaron Judge to a contract extension. I mean that the franchise has been baffling me from, from uh, practically since the lockout ended, but it is what it is. There, um, t- the t- looking at the overall like spending of free agents though for Major League Baseball has been something of a shock to me. I mean, you've got like I mean, you've got the Rangers who spent five hundred and thirty million dollars in free agency, and that was just on two players alone. But then you've got teams that have barely spent like a million dollars. Like you, yeah, have- baseball money to me is stupid. How much they spent? Like it's unreal. The teams that have spent practically close to nothing are the teams that disgust me the most. Like if you do not give a fuck about your team. Just sell the team, honestly. I mean, the Orioles have not spent and have not gotten a play. If they, the Orioles, the Orioles, the Pirates, the Guardians, the Brewers, and there's like one other team in the bottom five. I forget who it is, but they have done jack fucking shit. And the Brewers are mainly have been primarily contenders in the NL Central as of late. So that can't, so that's kind of coming as a shock to me, where they're not trying to like fill fill a hole or two. But the other franchises, the Orioles are a joke anyways. I mean, I understand that they've got like three top prospects in the top 15 of all of minor league baseball, but we don't know how developed they are. The Pirates are a fucking mob front. I mean, I don't understand how they I don't understand how like how they function as a franchise. And then the Guardians, I mean, another team like the Pirates, I mean, you don't know like where they stand because they have the talent. But the thing is, though, is like ownership just chooses not to like give a shit to like have them act as some contenders, especially in a division like the AL Central. I mean, in the AL Central, like you've got Chicago, but then the rest of it, like two through five can be a whatever at that point. I mean, the Twins, like we don't know their true status. I mean, they were they were terrible last season. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, but still, they were terrible. Detroit was the second-best team in that division, in my honest opinion. They signed Javier Baez. They signed a couple pitchers. But we don't know, like, what's going to happen there. And then you've got the Royals, who just trade everybody away and sell everybody. They signed Zach Greinke to come back. I mean, this is going to be his swan song, probably, because it's the team he started with. But then, like, he's 37 years old. Like, what do you expect him to do? throw his 50 mile an hour EFIS pitch like 20 games a season. I don't give a shit about, I mean, it's hilarious to see, but it's the Royals shit. 
You couldn't pay. You couldn't pay me to watch a Royals baseball game. That's how bad I don't. That's how much I couldn't care to watch them. But again, like you said, baseball money is stupid. How it's spent. Baseball money is stupid. How it's spent. I mean, you've got teams that will practically spend like a hundred million dollar, a hundred to two hundred million dollars on like one player. And then you've got teams that like don't get any new players at all and they just rely on like terrible trades or their prospects to come up that may or may not have a shot at like actually being a successful big league ball player. Basically. I mean <laughs> like I said, this is I this is all I, me. I know. This is all you. I just like I, I baseball. The me, I, I, like you, all, all just all the money that some of these teams spend. But then, like you said, like you see with these bottom feeders not spending the money. Like I wouldn't go as far as sell a team, but like why not try to improve your team and make it better? I get baseball. There's a lot more players to deal with and stuff than there is in other sports. Just on their farm systems and how kind of everything works. But it's like Baltimore hasn't been good in years, and they still aren't doing anything. Like, I don't remember the last time the Orioles were an actually good baseball team. The Orioles, like, the Orioles made the postseason a few years back. I, I want to say at least like ten, eight to ten years ago. I remember them like they had a, they had like a division series against the Tigers, and they had a division. They had a wild card game against the Yankees. Yeah. years ago. I mean the Guardians. What well, Cleveland. Man. I'll call them. <laughs> Guardians is fucking weird. That's why I'm not even gonna be honest. It might be worse than the Commanders. But no, it's like I. You look at all. Like it all is. These they got big teams. Like always seem like day one. Yeah, you you see all these big teams clearly putting in money to make their team better. Rangers like, aren't a big team. They just threw five hundred million dollars at two guys. Well, they used to be. But I'm saying, like, you look at like the Yankees, how they go out their people. I mean, even the Mets have made some moves this off season. Yeah, I mean the Mets have made. I mean the Mets like signed Scherzer. You know Scherzer, but Scherzer was like last year before the whole lockout happened and everything. Yeah, but and still. the Mets really haven't done much since. I mean, no. I mean the thing is though is like how the teams this year that are spending the money like are teams that you wouldn't expect to like the Rockies. Like what? Like what are they expected to do? Contend for four? Like they they think they're going to contend for what fourth in that division? I mean you've got the Dodgers who have been spending. Like look at their lineup; it's stacked. The Giants, uh, the Giants have the Giants coming off the best record in all of baseball last season, 107 wins. I mean, they just they signed Jack. One one of the most underrated moves in all free agency, in my opinion, was Jack Peterson going to the Giants from Atlanta. Uh, he may be past his prime, but I think he's got a good winning mentality, and he's still actually like can produce, like he he can still produce. Um, and then you've got the Padres too, like who are coming off of a terrible season. And even though Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be out for some time because of a motorcycle accident, um, like, did what? you see that? Did you see that press conference he did about that afterwards? I did not actually. Uh, they said, I, I forget the exact words, but basically he goes, um, they're asking him about the motorcycle crash, and he goes, which one? Kind of like implying he had more. That's not something a team, I, I'm sure he was probably joking, but that's not something a team wants to see their star player saying to the media. Oh, hell no. If I was a Padres fan and I heard that, I'd be, fu- I would be free. I would not be happy. Like, I, I would not. I thought be- it was like in a lot of these guys' contracts, anyways, they can't do, do dangerous stuff outside the sport. I would consider, I would consider motorcycling pretty, pretty dangerous for a star athlete. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, the thing is, though, is like, Baseball is, baseball is a sport where, like, if you do something, one one stupid thing, like, and to get yourself injured, you're practically cut. I mean, Aaron Boone, come, Aaron, Boone, Aaron Boone comes to mind. Not a big-name player. Definitely not my favorite manager either, as you know. But um, after he – after the 2003 season, um, he was due – he was due, like, a, he was – actually due for a con I think he was due for a contract extension or something like that. And the Yankees were actually planning on keeping him and not trading for Alex Rodriguez because A-Rod was going to go to Boston more, more so than not. Aaron Boone's playing basketball um, uh, with his fan, with friends and family tears his ACL. If I'm correct, mm-hmm. his, his baseball career is practically shot. The Yankees cut him. Um, and, then end up trading for Alex Rodriguez, and we all know what happens after that. Um, but if you're doing something stupid like that, then 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 yeah, I mean, motorcycle and mo- if you're getting injured in a motorcycle crash and like you're gonna be out, and if you've gotten into multiple crashes, if I'm Padres front man, if I'm the Padres front front office, I'm sitting him down and I'm saying, listen, we know you love the motorcycle. But the thing is, like, you are valuable to us. You can win us something. You can help us win something. We need you. Yeah, and I mean, now you don't know what is the timeline for even him to come back now because of I this. have no clue. But yeah, but I'm a Padres fan with how like how the season went last year for them, where they were one of the top teams in the league, and then to now then he gets injured, yeah. and then the bed and then he comes back and they still shit the bed because he's not 100 percent. yep and now he's back injured again and i was like you look if you're a potter saying like well what are you doing like you were the reason like the team this team was as good as they were he just brought a boost of energy into the lineup always exactly exactly i mean it is what it is there for that but like i said I think I think he'll come back when he comes back. I mean, it'll be still a good amount of the season where the Padres could contend for a playoff spot, especially with the expanded postseason. Whereas I don't think the Rockies can. I, I just don't understand the moves that the Rockies made. I don't understand why the Reds signed Tommy Pham. I don't understand. Well, those are the only two moves that I really don't understand. Mainly just because the Red, mainly just because the Reds let Castellanos go to Philadelphia for nothing. Um, they still have Vado, but like other than that, like I know nobody on the Reds practically. Um, they kind of just like let, let their franchise go. But again, it is what it is there for that. Um, I know that I, you know I wouldn't be surprised. Like at this point, like all the big name free agents are signed. Um, while some of them were signed before the lockout, the rest have been signed after the lockout. If any trades or minor moves happen, I wouldn't be surprised there, uh, for that because it is still spring training training. And obviously teams just want to figure out what the rest of the, uh, roster looks like. So that's bound to happen there. Um, speaking of teams trying to figure out like what the roster is going to look like for, uh, for a play, for a push, we'll shift our attention over to the NHL trade deadline that has gone, uh, that has come and gone. Um, mainly, Probably one of the most exciting deadline in years that I can remember. 
Hey, Marc-Andre Fleury going to Minnesota is something that I did not expect. Let me tell you. I mean, I've thought he, I've thought for certain Toronto was going to pull one out of their asses and trade for a goaltender. But no, Leafs fans and Paul Bissonnette stay punching the air. Well, I I get that. Like, I also agree. I thought the Leafs were going to try to – I mean, they, they did get a goaltender, but not from where people thought they were going to. This is um, true. This is very true. But, um, I, see, I don't hate the Leafs moves because they got Gio Dono, who is a – He's a good defenseman. I feel he got him from Seattle. I mean, clearly, I was his, hoping he would have gone his, back to Calgary. So I th- for a second, like at the start of the day, I thought he was gonna, because um, there was rumors about that. Because uh, Calgary is looking to make a playoff push as well. But, one of the best um, teams I mean, in the league right now. Yeah, well, yeah, one of the highest. I mean, the Leafs, I think, still with the moves they made, are still probably a first round exit just based on the fact that they don't have goaltending. But they strengthened their blue line with Mark Giordano, like. People forget a couple of years ago he was a Norris caliber defenseman. Um, I mean, he is still he's got what he's got fifty five points this year for or he's got um excuse me I think thirty points this year and fifty five games for Seattle. But um he is a def, more of a defensive defenseman and that is something I feel like the Leafs lacked as well um, down the stretch. So I think that helps them and they also add Colin Blackwell. So I mean their moves weren't terrible, but I really thought they were gonna try to get a goalie. I know they were in talks for Fleury, which I think would have helped them out a lot and probably made them cup contenders if they have goaltending. But they don't have this now. No, they don't. The Sabres have better goaltending than the Leafs do, and that and that that's that was shown the last two times those two teams played each other. Yeah, not- I mean, it's like you in, in goal, playoffs you need goaltending, and the Leafs just didn't add it. I mean, they haven't – their goaltending has been shambles. I mean – it started off good in the beginning of the season, but ever since January, it's just been a shit show for them. New Year, same Leafs. Uh, just decided they, they fool everybody into thinking, oh, we're cup contenders. Nope, we're the same old Leafs. We're not going to win a first-round uh, series uh, again, um, so we'll just go from there. But you get it. They're probably – the Leafs are probably going to – they're probably going to have to play a Car- – like, they're not getting past Carolina, Tampa Bay, or – or Florida, and they're probably going to have to play one of those three teams in the first round. Oh, 100%. I mean, they'll, and, and, they'll and probably be five or six. I mean, I see, they'll win a game or two, but I can't see them winning a series against those teams. No, no shot. I mean, they just now if they now if they had the bubble playoffs, oh, yeah. Uh, if they had the bubble playoffs with the bubble divisions, oh, hands down, they'd win a first round series. But actually, you know but what? Jack Campbell has ever since January, he's not been good. No, he is not. And then, like, Mrazek, like, that whole fiasco with Mrazek there, I mean, I, I just don't know, like, what's been happening with the Leafs. I mean, maybe they should stray away from Justin Bieber. As much as I hate that, as much as I hate them, I think it all comes down to goaltending for this team. Yeah, it does. I it mean, does right now, I know there's, there's what, still second in the Atlantic, but it's like, come come on. I mean, this is a team that everyone had high hopes for. Yeah, exactly. Now, like, you're gonna, you're not gonna get all the first round of playoffs. You needed to add that goaltender at the deadline, and you didn't. I mean, they made. To me, they made a huge, huge mistake this past summer when they let um what's his face go down to um when they let um what's his face go down to Carolina. Oh yeah, um, uh, shit. Um, uh, fuck, fuck, uh, Anderson? Oh, yeah, Anderson. Frederick Anderson. Anderson has, Anderson. he needed that change of scenery because last year everyone thought Anderson was kind of the issue for the Leafs. And it goes to show Anderson is one of the best goaltenders in the league this year now. 
No, granted, I know with Canadian markets compared to NHL markets for hockey, the media is down their throats up there. So that change of scenery and just that more relaxed media definitely helped Anderson out as well. But he's looked great for uh, Carolina. Exactly. And no, Carolina's first in the Metro and one of the probably the top three teams in the East. Oh, yeah. And without a doubt, one of the top five, maybe one of the top five teams in all the National Hockey League, too, if you really want to go that far. But, yeah, I mean, all joking aside, like how I think the Leafs should stray away from Justin Bieber and his collaborations, like they're only a goaltender away. Um, looking at talking about the top teams in the East, though, like, I mean, the Florida Panthers, like acquiring Claude Giroux is definitely a great move there. That's, I mean, the biggest, that's probably the biggest move in the probably yeah that's probably the best move in the trade deadline and i mean we kind of everyone kind of saw Giroud doing that because everyone knew he was going to play a thousandth game in philadelphia and then he was going to go to a contender i thought he was going to go to florida i mean not to florida i thought he was going to go to colorado Colorado. that's what i thought as well but then it came out that he said the only team he wanted to go to was florida and it makes sense because florida's my opinion the best team in hockey right now yeah no florida team is so good and I mean, just with the star power they have, and I mean, you got that. You got Sam Reinhardt. You got Sam Bennett. You got Barkov. You, I mean, you got everything you need. And to be honest, in my opinion, they have great goaltending. They have, I mean, Jonathan Huberto. Um, but I know it does MVP hurt. MVP candidate right there. Yeah, it does hurt though that Ekblad is injured right now, but hopefully he should be back for playoffs. Um, but I still think this team is – I mean, they're getting the goaltending from Bobrovsky, and that's really – with the team they have, with how much they, – they can score six goals a night if they want to, just and have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah, and the thing is, though, is as you just mentioned, like, you know, you and I have shit on Bobrovsky in the past. I mean, like, getting paid all that it, money it didn't for that a contract, But this year, this year, that you look at this – you look at his contract, you're like, okay, this is why they signed him. He's got like a, he's, I know he's over like 9.15 save percentage on the season, which is good for a goalie. I think he's got like 30 wins on the season for them. Exactly. That's and the they got a great backup in Spencer Knight. Exactly. I mean, the thing is there is that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, we shit on Bob Brosky because of like the contract they was made, getting paid for. And then like he was just shitting the bed, but like the team that he has in front of him now, like is definitely a huge improvement, obviously, as we can tell um, from what he had there. And then also like his, his ability, his play overall has improved tenfold too. So, I mean, the Panthers obviously with the addition of Claude Giroux is going to, is practically just going to help them like, you know, solidify their status in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and it gives them that veteran presence in the locker room uh, come playoff time. Exactly. They, and they still have Jumbo Joe, who's had playoff experience in his whole career, sitting on their fourth line, who's just, yes, he's a fourth liner, but in that locker room, he's going to make... still Jumbo he, Joe. Yes, he's going to make all these players comment, like, let these, these younger guys know, and even the guys who haven't been there yet, just know, hey, calm down. And we got this. Like this team is my favorite team right now in the East. Um, to come out and make this Stanley Cup. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually like made the Cup final out of the Eastern Conference. To be honest, I would not be surprised at all. It's between them, Tampa, or Carolina. That's who I think. That's my only top two. Of the, only two of them can make the Eastern Conference Finals, though. But the thing is, though, is we'll see what happens when the playoffs come. I mean. Looking on the uh, looking at the looking at the West Coast, I mean the thing is though is like 
with how with how close the with how close the Western Conference like playoff race is there. I mean, I'm really surprised that like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of a lot of moves were not made out west, like you know, to help teams there. But um, at the same time, like, I you know, work and everything, I may have missed something. No, I I mean in the saying in the East real fast, I love the Bruins picking up Hampus Lindholm. From that Anaheim. was a good trade. Yeah, that was a I good like trade. That. I, I know they, people were talking about him getting moved all day, and he eventually did. But I like I love that move as well. Um, the West did make more moves than you thought, but I think that Hampus Lindholm to the Bruins definitely helps that defense out on an already a good team. I mean, they're third in the East right now. Um, they're not as hot as they're used to be, but I mean, they're still going to make playoffs. And they have a very good roster still, but for them, their window, the Bruins' window to win another cup is small, just based on the fact that Brad Marchant and Brad Marchant and um, Patrice, Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron are older. Like, yes, you still have a Charlie McAvoy, a young defenseman. You got Pasta. I mean, they still got Taylor Hall on that team. They're a good team, but I just can't see them beating out either the Tampa or Florida, who they would have to see in the playoffs. Or even a Carolina there. One person I'm surprised that they just decided to keep for, for fucks, I guess. They signed DeBrusque to an extension, and I thought that they were going to get rid of him. You know, say yeah, here. I thought they were going to do a sign and swap with him because he's been adamant on wanting out of. He's been adamant on wanting out of Boston because he doesn't like the coaching. Um, yeah. But then he signs the extension. They don't get rid of him. So I'm not sure if they're going to look to move him probably in the offseason, I would assume. I think they will do that. I thought they would just said, uh, here, here's your money. Now fuck off um, uh, type of thing, that uh, uh, type of thing on Monday. But I guess they'll stick with him there. Um, nonetheless, that's a good, nonetheless, what the Bruins did there. Uh, with their trade was a good move there, you know, definitely helped them in the long, definitely will help them in the playoff push this season. And also when it gets closer to, and also as they get into the playoffs too, because we all know that they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's practically a given at this point, given the rest of how the Eastern conference is. Um, But yeah, no, like you were saying there, I mean, like, I guess my attention to the Western Conference was like overshadowed by the whole of Denny Dadunov uh, trade fiasco that happened, uh, where like he was traded, then like it he wasn't traded, then he was traded, then now like the league said, oh no, Anaheim was like on his no trade list. Vegas, you fucked up, you dumb fuckheads. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how they fucked that up that badly. Suppose that, but I was listening to Elliot Friedman talk about this. Um, basically, he said that Vegas thought he didn't get his no-trade teams in, in time, so then they would be able to trade him, but then it came out that he got it in on time, whereas Vegas was under the impression that he did, I, I believe, because he came over from Ottawa. That's what they had told him. So then they tried to make the move because they needed to clear up salary cap space because right now you still got guys on your long-term IR yeah. um, that are Mark Stone and Alec Martinez are your yeah, two guys are on need to come back for playoffs and now they might not be able to do that. I mean, I think they can come back in playoffs, but you might not make playoffs now with how this team has looked in the past couple, probably the last month now. They're looking I mean, worse than your Oilers, my guy. Yes, they are. And I, I mean, it's good for me, but you look at this team who someone, I mean, they're, yeah, they're three point or they're three games ahead of uh, they have three more games played ahead of Vancouver right now, and they're only two points ahead. So Vancouver has a three in hand and only two points down. Um, so they Vegas might not even get a wild card spot. And then on top of that, 
you look at the beginning of this, or you look at the Jack Eichel trade now, and you look, okay, so we sent Jack over for a first round, a conditional first, and or a protected first, and a Payton Krebs and Alex Tuck. And now you look like at the beginning of the season. Top we, 15 pick. Top yeah, 15 you look at, pick. Top 15 pick. Exactly. That's what my thought was exactly because you looked at it when we got it. We're like, okay, we'll probably get like the 28th overall pick. But now you look at it. They might, we might have the 11th overall pick in the first round because of it. Because I don't see Vegas falling into getting a top 10 pick with their. Because I know it's top 10 protected, so we would just get, we would just get their first next year. But you look at it, I don't think they can get. They're not going to be bad enough to be able to get a top 10 pick. So Buffalo's going to get an 11 to 14 pick, I think. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I, my thought process was on this. I mean, when you really think about it, like you add a top. On his day, you add a top 15 player in hot, in the NHL and Jack Eichel. But then when you add him, your team has somehow become worse. And it just baffles me. I, well, mean, I mean, it doesn't help that Jack basically missed. You look at it kind of, he missed a whole season because he didn't finish the season last year with Buffalo. Um, He didn't play most of the season this year now. So it's like, he's not going to, Jack's not going to come in and give that explosive. I mean, Jack has played. Don't get me wrong. Jack has played good since he has gotten to Vancouver. Nothing against Jack. Vegas. Or unless, Vegas. Yeah, Vancouver. Unless we got Elias Pettersson all of a sudden. Yeah, but I mean, Jack in 18 games already has 11 points, so he's not playing bad. But it's like you can't expect him to produce how he was for Buffalo before he got hurt because he took off basically took off the whole year. Yeah, but, but somehow this... the team somehow it baffles me how the team on an overall basis has somehow gotten worse. Uh in comparison, well, it's Mark Stone, I think, really hurts that because Mark Stone was probably, I would say, the best player on that team, and now he's he's been out for a while, and it doesn't. It also doesn't help that the number one goaltender in Leonard has also been hurt. Yeah, um, well, but now it's like you look at this. Now it's like they, you might not even make playoffs, and like you guys were supposed to be a top team in the West. Everybody thought that they, it would have been them in Colorado contending for the cup in the West. Like everybody had the pay. I mean, you and I, like ourselves, like we had the sta- like Western Conference final written on day one. Vegas and or Co- Vegas and Colorado in the Western Conference final, depending on seeding and everything. And then one of those two going to the cup final out of the West. But now you have like Colorado, who is practically the best team in hockey, should win the cup. If they don't, it's a massive failure. Um, and then you have Vegas, who is like, it'll be a massive failure if they don't make the playoffs. But yet they still have high Stanley Cup odds to win the actual cup, which completely baffles me as to what is happening there. But looking at it on an over, looking at it on an overall basis, I mean, yeah, Leonard is hurt. You don't have Marc-Andre Fleury anymore because you treated him like shit and forced him out. Obviously, that was months ago before the season started. Um that not like you still have your you you have your captain and one of your best players on LTIR. You have another player in Alec Martinez and LT and LTIR. That's fucking terrible to pronounce there, but um, but and an overall, are they thing, able to bring those guys if they do make playoffs? They're they able, be able to bring, to bring them. Them what was that? They would be able to bring them back, yes, yeah. because it'll be like it'll be like how everybody was bitching about like Kucherov being able to come back for for Tampa. Yes, but the only problem is now they can't bring them back regular season, and they need these guys for the playoff push, and they're not going to be able to get them to because this Daninov trade didn't go through because basically what they did was try to get uh, Ryan Kester's contract off of Anaheim 
which I somehow would open up the cap space to bring those guys back, which I'm not really sure how that works. That, no, I'm convinced that the cap is imaginary in, that, in the National Hockey League. That, that's very like dull for me. Like I tried to listen, like I said, I was listening to Elliot Friedman. I was trying to understand it. It didn't really make sense to me. I don't understand all the ins and outs of that. So if this trade would have went through, they would have been able to get both these guys back if they could come back in time. But now you look at it. Uh, but I also know the NHL investigates um, – like if a guy could come back before like the season and they don't bring him back till the playoffs, then they're not allowed to play in the playoffs. I know that. So Vegas might be stuck if they do make playoffs with these two guys not being able to come in because they might be able to come back before the end of the season and they are not able to because of the cap space. Exactly. That's exactly it there. I mean, Hey, I think Buffalo broke the, I think Buffalo broke Vegas. Like when we, uh, when we beat them three to one uh, a couple weeks ago there, I mean, um, I really think that Buffalo broke them somehow. I don't know how, but I mean, Vegas was bad coming into that game anyways. I mean, uh, like going back to that overall trade, I mean, like when Eichel was inserted in the lineup, like it took him time to adapt and everything. And he didn't have a point in his first three games. But I mean, he, like you said, he's been playing pretty well, but the team overall has not been. So I think it's just a chemistry issue based off of who they have available for them right now. And if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, like, what are you like? What are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna do like a reshuffle? Are you gonna like? Is it gonna be like a reshuffle with players coming in and players going out? Are you going to fill? Are you going to address the needs for the needs that you have there? Are you are they going to address the huge cap situation that they have, which is terrible? It's almost it's practically as bad as Toronto's. I mean, they're. Um, their cap is their cap situation is not good at all. Um, especially if you have two top guys on LTIR just for money saving purposes, even though they're out, but you know that they're going to be put on LTIR for shits and giggles just for that anyways. But, um, and then even like looking ahead, like if they don't make the playoffs, like, are you actually going to, you know, could they actually fire Peter DeBoer and bring somebody in else, else in as head coach? But again, that's, a, that's you know, that's thoughts about like what the well, future I, would hold. I don't know if it's a DeBoer thing, but you just kind of question like the management now with what they're doing with this money. It's like, how did you expect for this all to work out? Like, clearly they they thought they could have had it worked out with Dan and off, but that came back to bite them in the ass. Now they're stuck in what's going to be a cap hell now for them. And they're going to be basically in the same situation as Toronto is where they're not able to bring guys in that they need to put the depth in on that team. Um, yeah. you know, right now they do, they should have it, but they, like I said, them missing Mark Stone just hurts them that much. Oh, exactly. A hundred percent. I mean, the only difference between them and Toronto right now is Toronto would be signing bumps from Scarborough, uh, one of the local neighborhoods, whereas Vegas can just sign a fucking Elvis impersonator for $5,000 to uh, play fucking second line, the second line right defenseman. (laughs) You can see like some fucking fat, some fucking guy in a fat suit wearing a wearing a terrible Elvis wig and going hey going uh thank you thank you very much as he gives away the puck and somehow the opposition scores a goal which I'd be all here for but um uh but yeah no switching uh so kind of switching back to the east so there was two moves I really did like that kind of went under the wire um that three-way trade for Carolina to get Max Domi I think just adds them a little spark for playoffs as well um, I know I, th- I think Max Domi is a good hockey player, but he's been on like three different teams in like the last three years. Now he's kind of been 
kind of been a suitcase guy right now, but he's still young, and I think he's a good hockey player. But also, the Ducks added um, Ricard Raquel, or the Ducks traded Ricard Raquel to the Pens, which I like that for the Pens, considering the Penguins are a playoff contender, and they're kind of going under the wire in it. Penguins are a dark horse. I mean, um, I mean, you look at the way Crosby has just kind of carried this team all series, and I think he should be in talks for the Hart Trophy, just based on the fact for what he has done for this team when they really didn't have many expectations, and they missed Malkin for half the season. And Malkin came back, and Malkin has been Gino's been Gino. Yeah, and you look at this team. And I was like, this team knows how to win in playoffs. I mean, you Gensel's been unreal for this team. Crosby, like I said, one of my Hart Trophy candidates i mean malkin being back and doing what he does basically a point of game player again and then you get you added this little ricard raquel who just has been there for what a game now since the trade deadline something like that but it's like you look at all this it's like well these guys have been there and they can actually probably do something in playoffs well my thing is is that i've always thought that the penguins have been a dark horse in the going into the playoffs anyways i mean yeah. Chris Letang is still doing what he's doing at his age. I mean, he's been there as long as Crosby and Malkin have, I feel. And Jake Gensel has been contributing uh, as well. I mean, he's still there too. Yeah. I mean, this team and they, they're get great goaltending as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Tristan Jarre and Casey DeSmith have not I, been playing terrible I'm in goal. I'm kind of shocked that I would have thought I taken this, Maybe I'm just doing this, thinking, thought about this because Biz put it into my head, listening to their podcast. He said, bring Flurry back for a playoff run, which would have been smart, but now Flurry's in Minnesota. But like you said, who are a very solid playoff team, by the way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, and they added, going to them real fast, they just added Delorier from the Ducks as well. And I think that gives them the grip for the players that they need. And they're the top three, they're the third best scoring team in hockey right now. I mean, that team is going to be, uh, threat in the west for sure yeah no without a doubt i mean hockey i mean the minnesota wild have definitely been one of the better one of the more entertaining teams to watch for sure this season um another under the radar team if you ask me i mean uh i mean when you really think about it i mean you start with curl the thrill and then you just like talk and then you just like take a look at the team on an overall basis i mean they've just been playing gritty hot gritty hockey playing as a team so it, so it's just fun to see there. And the thing is, though, is like, it, it's just, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how the playoff push goes and like who makes the playoffs and who doesn't make the playoffs again. I, and we talked about this, like these two teams that we had mentioned, like I, like you had said the wild and I had said the penguins, like they could be dark horses in the playoffs. I would not be surprised if they won a series or two and somehow made found their way. I would not be surprised if either of those two teams found their way in like the conference finals. I would not. Because no, I, I wouldn't either. But then you also look at another team coming out of the West who's also really another dark horse is the Nashville Predators. Nashville. This, this team who is a team that really didn't do much come trade deadline time, but Roman Yossi has been playing. He's a hard trophy candidate as well. Roman Yossi has just been playing lights out all season. And the thing is, though, is like Nashville has just been – they've just been playing under the radar. I and mean, if you watch their games, they're an exciting team to watch, but they still don't get talked about because they're in Nashville and just a Western Conference team. Well, I mean, they're in Nashville. I mean, like when you really think about it, like they got publicity for the outdoor game for Tampa, and that was it. Yeah. I will be going to see Nashville in person, though. When they're playing the Sabres? 
When they play the Sabres, yes. Yeah, I mean, you look at Saros. That may be a bad game to go watch. It might be, unless Richie starts. (laughs) But I Saros can get this team with goaltending through playoffs. Like, me and you talked about it last year. Like, goaltending is such a big thing come playoff time. But that's why another team in the East, in Tampa Bay, is could possibly three-peat. It'd be the first three-peat since the 80 to 84 Islanders. Yes, 80 to 84 Islanders. Uh, yeah, when they four-peated uh, Al Arbor's team. Um, uh, Al Arbor led Al Ar- the Al Arbor coach to Islanders there with uh, Billy Smithton goal. Yeah, but, I mean, that team, like, still, like, even though they aren't as high as people thought they would be come standings-wise, they're still a threat. Tampa's still there. Yeah. Until and- they go away, they're, they're not going anywhere. I mean, the, the, the top four teams in the Atlantic are basically basically tied up now um, for who's going into playoffs. Just as a matter of fact, at where they're seated now. But I am hoping that it kind of sticks with how it is right now because we will get a Panthers-Tampa first battle round, Florida. and I would love to see the Battle of Florida. And then we will get the Maple Leafs-Bruins where the Leafs are going to lose or they're going to go. First round series in Boston yeah. again. Yep. And But, I mean, that's – the Atlantic, I feel like these teams are all going to kill each other in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. There's just so many so many things had happened during trade deadline. Like, it was so hard to keep up on because I think there was, like, 54 players moved or something like that. Yeah, it was, like, 54 to 55 players moved in, like, like in an obscene amount of trades overall. I mean, like I said, I couldn't keep up with all of it because of work purposes and everything. Like... What was nice is I had Trade Center on for the morning and then like I had Trade Center on in the afternoon as well, trying to focus on it. But the thing is, though, is like it's hard to focus like when you're working and then all of a sudden you just see a random trade happen. I'm like, wait, did this happen yesterday? Did this happen now? And I just see on my phone, oh, it happened 10 minutes ago. And then you see who gets traded. and It's like, oh, that happened. But yeah, nonetheless, I mean, you know what team really you know what team really surprised me not doing anything? And they're actually like in a in in a playoff push. And and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the Los Angeles Kings, who have been one of the most underrated teams in all of, in all the National Hockey League this season, who have been actually perform overachieving, if you ask me, because nobody really expect I didn't expect them to do anything this season, where they're actually making where they're actually in a spot to contend for the playoffs out in the West because just because of how the Pacific division is overall, they did not do anything. I'm thinking to myself, you know, if they added like at least like one role player, like it doesn't have to be a big, it doesn't have to be anybody big. Like it could just be like some random third liner that they could help that, that could help them get over the hump. And now they just kind of stood pat. And I'm just like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do anything, but that's just me. That's just me. No, yeah, I think the LA Kings, um, they picked up Nelson. I I don't really know how to put no 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 gear from Winnipeg. Oh. oh, see, I told you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the Kings didn't do anything. I thought they. Yeah, I think, I think that might have been the Kings only. No, because then they also got um, Frederick Allard from Nashville. Oh, so they <laughs> added they added two defensemen. Okay. Um, which I don't really know anything about the two defensemen they got. But I guess and, they, oh, they and, they'll do something for them. And, and defenseman Troy Satcher from Detroit. 
Oh. So they, yeah, they did more than you thought. <laughs> they did definitely more than I thought. See, like I said, I, I paid attention to as much as I could, but shit, you know, a, a team a team that's been overachieving, in my opinion, I'm like, you know what? If the Kings make the playoffs, that'd be cool to see. That'd be cool to see because you know, the crazy thing with the Kings making the playoffs <laughs> – Going back, going back, like you know, to the early 2010s, they they just somehow make the playoffs, and next thing you know, they're in the conference. They're right, the they just conference finals. Even though in 2015 they probably had the, you know, the, the for their first cup, they had the best playoff run I've ever seen. I think they only lost like four games that whole playoff run. Yeah, like the thing is though, is like they just spawn into the playoffs and they'll find themselves in the cup final, and it's like, wait a second, you're not right. I know what the I fuck? mean. I mean, you got Angie Kopitar who's just. I mean, this team doesn't have, like, they have stars, but they don't have a point-of-game player. It's just all their guys on their team contribute. Exactly. They don't, have a, they don't have a point-of-game guy, but you look at lines one through four, it can all get, they all get points for this team. So They're playing Daryl Suter hockey without having Daryl Suter as their head coach. Exactly, and Jonathan Quick and Cal Patterson kind of split the games, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Jonathan Quick is still, like, actually playing at a top yeah, level at this point might at this point in time, like, baffles me, too. Yeah, but, well, I think they both split it. They they split the season, I think it's, like, 50-50, kind of. I think Quick has a yes. couple more starts. But basically, they're they're going – I wonder if they would do that in playoffs. I would assume so, or they just ride the hot hand, kind of like I, Vegas did last year. I think they would – I think they would do, like, 50-50, like, um – uh I think they would do like a platoon system 50-50, but the, you know, let's, we'll see but what Jonathan happens. Quick, then you look and it's like, okay, Jonathan Quick, though, does have this this playoff experience and he has the the two cups. Yeah, that's the thing there. But again, like, we'll see what happens when comes playoff time. Um, uh, But yeah, like I said, I, 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 those moves that you just mentioned, I didn't know anything about them. I'm like, oh, I wonder what the Kings did. They're like, uh, they're like in playoff contention. Like, you know, maybe if they, yeah, got- they just kind of added up on their their blue line. I think that was really about it. Yeah, well, good for them nonetheless. You know, like I said, if they make the, uh, when they make the playoffs, good for them. And then if they somehow just find a way to spawn into the Cup final, then I'm just gonna be like, oh, you're not Colorado. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll look like it. Uh, we're gonna. I know once Colorado is gonna. Colorado's gonna have to see them at some point. I'm just gonna be like, all right, this is gonna be an easy win, and then all of a sudden, be like, well, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, exactly. That's because Colorado, unfortunately, is still my pick to win the cup. Just Colorado's still my pick to win the cup too, but I'm keeping my mouth shut based off of last year. I'm not. Well, thankfully, they would have to see the Kings until the Western Conference Finals. And then if that happens, then we're just gonna be like, how the fuck? I'm gonna be fucked. Then I'm I'm betting. I'm gonna put money on the Kings to win the. Yeah, then you're just gonna. And then we're just gonna be like, wait, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't understand this. It's it's how and it's not only how did you get here. It's like why did you get here? Right. Is uh, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the playoffs are still doing like they're seeding like they did the past couple of years before the bubble, where it's like the Atlantic will have to go through like the two Atlantic games to see the team from the Metropolitan. Are they doing it that way? Are they going one through eight again? I think it's like the top like one two three one two three two wild cards, I guess. So they're sticking with the same thing. Yeah, sticking with the same thing. So three from each division, and then the two wild cards. So okay. yeah, I fucking hate it. I, yeah, I just missed the one. I just missed the one through eight. It made it so much easier to follow. Ex- well, Batman's a. Uh, I can't stand. Batman him. is an idiot. Exactly. Exactly. I I can't stand him. I it's that's a whatever there though. But uh, no, I mean the moves that the teams have made. I'm you know make more sense to me than some of the baseball moves I've seen for sure definitely make more sense than some of the football moves i've seen for sure too um uh 
But I really have nothing else to really say about all, anything that has happened over the past few uh, days, weeks, and days and weeks uh, in any of the sports that we have mentioned there. Um, um, I actually want to just want to point out the fact that the Buffalo Sabers are actually a fun hockey team to watch now. Hottest team in hockey, five out uh, three wins in a row, five wins out of six, out of six, five, and two huge wins on that um Western Canadian road trip. So the Sabers have beaten Toronto. They have two in their seven wins. They have two wins over Toronto. They have a win over Vegas. A win over uh, wins over Edmonton. Uh, wins over Edmonton. Edmonton. No, sorry, not uh, Edmonton. They beat the Canucks and the Flames. Wins over well, I, the Canucks are in the playoff team. I'm looking at, but wins oh, a win. Oh, you're over, looking at the playoff team. You got it. Yeah, but look, a win over the Flames and a win over the Penguins. Um, they lost to Minnesota though. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. But the but Minnesota's is, a good team. No, they beat they beat the Wild. Oh yeah, four. they beat the Wild. Yeah, that's right. They beat the Wild. They, lo- they lost to the Kings and then lost to the Panthers. Yeah, they lost to the Panthers. Yeah, so they beat. What they beat a they, they and so the Penguins like they with the teams that they've beaten like they've beaten like a heart they've beaten cup contender they've beaten they've beaten like a two fake cup contenders and they've beaten like really good playoff teams that will make the playoffs yeah and we so, got another possible playoff team tomorrow night coming to Buffalo in Washington Washington Capitals yeah that's a white hot Friday I was looking at tickets for shits and giggles but then I'm like I am not fucking paying like $50 just to sit in the 300 section fuck you then we got RJ night what is it Monday next Friday I'm going to that game next Friday yeah I'm going to that game me and my dad are nice yeah you know I thought about going to Brown I'm like I gotta work Saturday morning it's not worth I was watching on TV yeah that's the game and NGA basketball's on tomorrow night anyway so that might take yeah, the, yeah, the Sweet 16. That's another reason why that. And I don't also want to drive out to Buffalo and take time off of work. I'm already doing it next Friday, so why? So <laughs> don't get to do it two Fridays in a row. Considering you had off yesterday as well, or what? Yeah, Wednesday, <laughs> or no Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh yeah. yeah. I had to, hey, hey, hey. That that was just not ideal. There, my apartment complex said, "Oh yeah, the electric stuff. The electric will be off from nine to noon." <laughs> Like around the complex, it didn't even go off at nine o'clock. Like I still had it on at like nine, like nine thirty. I decided to go to the grocery store. I come back, and that's when they turned it off. So I went to go to another store, and then I went to go get some lunch. I bring everything back. The electric's still off, and I'm just like, well, fuck this. Like I got an email saying, oh yeah, your electric won't be back on until two fifteen. We're still, we're still working like on our system upgrade. I'm like, well, okay, fuck. I'm like, okay, got like, what do I do now? So I went over to a friend of mine, a friend of mine's, and I just hung out there. I sent out a couple emails that I needed to send out like for myself personally. And then that was it. Like, then I found out that, so I just didn't work Tuesday because of that. <laughs> oh God, that was, that was painful and a blessing in disguise at the same time, because I'm just like, well, I knew it was going to happen, but I was just more along the lines of like, why did it take so long to happen? So, um, also, I do have two more things about hockey. Um, one right now, if you go on to the NHL news, um, Talking about Claude Giroud in his uh, first game. Um, it says uh, with his first game with Florida, goes Claude Giroud has two assists and Flyers debut and win over Canadians. It's like Giroud plays for Florida now, not the Flyers. <laughs> oh, let's go NHL news. You don't know. Well, it's, it's ESPN NHL. That's what we get. 
Hey, 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 that's a contract. Now we expect better from you, ESPN. TNT would would think. TNT won't fuck this up, especially with those hard hitting interviews that they have. (laughs) I love watching the. I love watching TNT with all those guys. I think it's great. Oh, I think it's it's just. It reminds me of the NBA one with Shaq, Ernie, and um. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck. Thank you, Chuck and Kenny. Yeah, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I'm happy they kind of went that way to put some humor into it. Even also, Wayne, even Wayne is uh, getting in on the fun. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne is. I didn't. It's fun to see him have a personality because, like, you never really saw him do much media before, so you never got to really see like who Wayne Gretzky was. I thought he was a guy who just never talked and just it, people talked it, about him. Hey, the thing is though, is like I forgot to mention this to you like last week or even like after the Heritage Classic, but a lot of people were just pissed off that like. Nobody was really calling the game, and it was just more along the lines of like a three-hour conversation with Wayne Gretzky. And I'm thinking to myself, this is Wayne fucking Gretzky. He can talk about Gordy how all he fucking wants. I will listen to Wayne Gretzky talk for three hours. Okay, the stories that he tells are be- that he that he tell tells over three hours are better than some of the fucking conversations that I have on a daily basis. Right. I mean, anytime I li- Wayne Gretzky's talking, I'm listening. I mean, if you're pissed off about it, oh, well, it was a meaningless game anyways, an outdoor game that literally... The I best team in Buffalo won, though. That's all that matters. This is true, but I just don't get the Heritage Classic. I think they should just stay with the one outdoor game a year and the Winter Classic, because this year, what do we have? Three outdoor games? Yeah, they have the random stadium series game, and then they had the Her- Heritage Classic isn't even every year. It happens like every two to every like three to four I think, years. I think it's every two years. Yeah, it happens like every three to four years. Two to four. The last time it was played wasn't it Winnipeg? No, was that a stadium? It might have been Stadium Series. No, Winnipeg, Winnipeg did play in it once, I do believe, but not like the last one. I think it was like prior to. Uh, I think it was like two, two or three. I think it was like twenty fifteen or something like that. I may be wrong though. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't get the point of it. Just stick with the. Just stick with the Winter Classic, and that's all you need. That's so, exactly it. There. The and have thing... Wayne talk for five hours. I'm fine with it. Right. Exactly. But the next thing in the hockey I want to talk about real fast is I'm looking at the draft. There's no shot they give Arizona the first pick, right? There's no shot they let. Shane no, Wright no, no, play no. That's happening. Just to, that's happening there, just because Batman Y keeps that franchise a, a, a alive in spite of everybody. Well, yeah, but there's no shot that they like. It's gonna, it's gotta go to Montreal, right? There's no shot they let Shane Wright go to Arizona to play in the college stadium. If they let Shane Wright go to Arizona to play in a college stadium, then the league is fucked because nobody is going to want, nobody is going to want to watch that kid suffer on a terrible ass franchise. Right, they're going to rig it for Montreal. They're going to rig it for Montreal, right? No, they're going to rig it for Montreal. Hundred percent. I'm calling it now. And the thing I is, think they have to. There's no shot he goes. There. I just wanted. I was just thinking about that because I was looking at the standings. I'm like, because it's Arizona and Montreal right now. Both have 44 points. It's like, well, what if he goes to Ottawa? <laughs> I mean, I think they would let him go to a Canadian market. Yeah, they won't let him go to fucking Arizona. They just won't let him go to Arizona. I think anyone else will get it before them. Oh, no. Arizona, that franchise is being Buffalo has a better chance to get the lottery, the number one lottery pick, than Arizona does. If Arizona, get, if Arizona gets it, like, not. Nah, I bet you Arizona's name isn't even in there. No, Arizona's name will have to be there for show purposes, but they're not going to pick Arizona. Because no. you guys, you still have to pick the balls out of the thing. So, like, and then, like, when you pick the ball, yeah. like, flip it, they flip the board over, however the fuck it works. Um, uh, and then it's just like, oh, here. I think he does a thing, like, if he does, if it does go to Arizona, you think he holds out and doesn't play there? <laughs> I'd go, I'd, I'd stay in juniors one more year and then say, get rid of me. 
Yeah, if he sees they get first pick, say, nope, I'm not getting drafted this year. But then next year, they also have a couple good picks as well. That Russian kid, I forget his name. Yeah, they also have um, uh, one's Connor Bedard, not next. Not Bernard's only Bernard's only sixteen, so he's got Bedard. two years. Oh, Bedard's only sixteen. I thought he was yeah. seventeen. Shit. I mean, he might be eligible for next year's draft, but I'm pretty sure he's only sixteen. I might turn seventeen. He might have a. Yeah, because if Connor Bedard get a shit, uh, nah. I, I I'm all joking aside. Uh, all jokes I was gonna make aside. Don't fucking tank for Connor Bedard Sabers. Like we have a good core now. Like we'll be fine. Um, uh, he's so, eligible for yeah. Bernard's or Bernard's eligible for the 2023 draft. So next year. Oh okay. May um uh, don't tank Sabers. Uh, please don't. I mean, as much as Connor Bedard would be nice, but no, we don't need to do that. Don't let the kid rot in Arizona, though. Oh, the, the, the Russian kid is Mativ Mikovic. Mativ Mikovic. Uh, don't rot. Don't rot in Arizona, kid. I don't. I hope. I don't wish that. But he's twenty. He's twenty twenty three as well. I don't rot in Arizona. I pray to God that nobody rots in Arizona because they're a fucking poverty franchise. I mean, let's be honest, though. If I'm Shane Wright, if I get drafted to uh, Arizona, I'm looking. I'm like, well, I'm right by the ASU campus, and I'm a young kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough there. But the thing is, though, is like, I would just get the fuck out. I would not even want to play in it. Even with what you're thinking, I would not want to be. <laughs> like, they they call up in their minor leagues anybody that can carry a they, hockey stick. They have, be- they have beautiful golf courses in Arizona as well. So you could just look at me like, fuck it, here's a, here's a spot to live in for four years. Let me go do my thing. Um yeah, he could probably give, they'll give him a dorm on ASU's campus. Be like, have at it, big boy. Yeah, you, imagine he gets drafted by the Coyotes, and he says, "Fuck you, I'm going to Arizona State." Well, he can't now because he played. He played juniors. He's not allowed to play college hockey. Oh, I didn't know how. Oh, shit. Yeah, because okay. because he, he's getting paid now, so technically oh. he's not allowed to NCAA according to the rules. Oh, oh, after even if he played juniors up in Canada, that's well, that's fucking. Stupid. Well, yeah, because they, they get paid. Okay, fair. You see a lot of kids have to pick between college or juniors based on that fact. They can't do both. Well, that makes sense there. Yeah, that makes sense there. All right, but don't go to Arizona, Shane Wright. Hopefully, fuck. Oh, God. Now you've got me hating the Coyotes again for no random reason. (laughs) I kind of want to see it. You kind of want to see him get drafted by the Coyotes. That would just be a great A shit show that's going on in Arizona right now. <laughs> just, just to fucking keep the franchise alive out of spite. It, he'll get drafted there. Yeah, he'll probably well, he'll probably say fuck it. And he'll probably stay in Kingston. 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 Hey, I'd stay. I'd stay in Kingston too. I'd rather do that. Um, uh, but other than that, do you have any other final thoughts on anything at all, sir? Um, not anything we talked about. I know we're gonna go shit on Italy now for a couple minutes. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, let's uh, let's shit uh, shit on Italy. I'm gonna fucking take a giant dump on those motherfuckers because how wouldn't, the wouldn't that be the same thing? A dump and a shit. Well, a shit would be just more like a dump would just be like beep 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 beep. What so like what the? Oh, you're doing a truck bat. I got. It. I was very confused at the noise yeah, you were making. Yeah, giant fucking dump. You know, just fucking dumping all over them. But yeah, no. <laughs> How the fuck do you lose to North? They lost to North Macedonia in the 92nd minute, and they are not in the World Cup. I mean, granted, this will probably be the last World Cup that Italy does not miss because after this World Cup, it's going to be 48 teams. But still, 
I don't understand how you are the champions of your confederation, and yet you failed to to not only qualify for the World Cup, but you had to be in a spot like to qualify through a playoff to get to the World Cup. I don't understand how that. I don't understand like how that footballing nation can even live with itself right now because <laughs> you have a such a rich football history of soccer. And yet you're, and yet you somehow find a way to fuck it up. You get into the playoff and you probably see North Macedonia and it's like, Oh, easy win. We'll go play Portugal uh, in, in a few days. Nope. Losing the 92nd minute. You have 30 shots. Only five of them on target because the finishing on that team is worse than the finishing of Niagara Catholic High School. And that was some pretty fucking terrible finishing. Um, trust me, I've been on that team. I've been there. You've been, you were on that team too. We couldn't finish for shit. Um, uh, okay. North Macedonia practically just stands stagnant, does nothing. And yet you can't find your way through their defense. It just baffles me. I mean, when you look at the quality of players that Italy has, you would think that they would run riot over North Macedonia, maybe win like three nil, right? Nope. Lose one. nil. <laughs> out. Not in the world cup. Italy fans lose their shit. I mean, this is what you get. But if they get through this game, they go play a Portugal team who's not that strong either. So you're looking at probably getting into the World Cup, but you can't get past North Macedonia. It's exactly. Like, I hope North Macedonia make they can't even make the world. They can. I hope they make the World Cup now. No, I want North Macedonia to make the World Cup now because as much as I, as much as it would be nice to see Por- Portugal make the World Cup because of the talent they have. Just imagine a World Cup without Por- just imagine a World Cup without Portugal because no Ronaldo in it and now no Italy again. Like North Macedonia would have been deserving of a World Cup berth then uh, if they beat both those if they beat Portugal after beating Italy. I mean, I'd be okay with it honestly. And you look at this Italy team that last summer they won the Euros, so it's like what what happened in between that time that you can't qualify for a World Cup. You just, won, you just won the Euros. Poor selection by Mancini, poor play by the players. And the thing is, though, is like the year, like I, I don't know what happened like at the after that, though. But the thing is, though, is like I know for at least I, I know for at least like uh, when it comes to this game, like the players played terribly. I don't they couldn't finish. They possessed the ball 61 percent of 39 percent to North Macedonia. They have 30 shots on target, only five of them, 30 shots in the game, only five on target, and yet they can't finish for shit. And then and then Mancini was saying that they that they were unlucky. No, you weren't unlucky. You were just ass. And you deserve to lose. But, yeah, no, champions of Europe, and yet they're not in the World Cup. Like uh, Gattuso says, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I don't even know where North Macedonia is. North Macedonia. Well, yes, I'm looking on a fucking map. I clearly they're above South Macedonia. If there even is a South Macedonia, no, North Macedonia is um, uh, I want to say like Balkan area. Oh, it's right above Greece. Yeah, Balkan area. Yeah, like right above Greece there. Yeah, Balkan. Yeah, right above Greece and bordered by Bulgaria, Albania, and Kosovo. And Kosovo. 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 Well, it's nice to see that this little country has a chance to make the World Cup now, and I pray to God they beat Portugal because I would love to not see Ronaldo in a World Cup. Uh, don't tell Zach about in that. He's a huge Ronaldo dick beater. Um, uh, but uh, I'll say it to his face. You yeah, go ahead and say it to his face. I mean, you could probably you'll take him in a fight. He'll just moan. He'll just fucking yell and scream at you, anyways. But it is what it is. There, but um, uh, 
Um, God. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, beat, hey, I'd have a laugh at that too, honestly, because I I don't think Portugal, I think Portugal are a fraud, are a fraud footballing nation anyways. I mean, before Ronaldo, before, um, uh, before this uh, generation of Portuguese players came in, they barely, they only made, they barely did anything in international competitions. So I'd be okay with that. Also, I think Fernando Santos is a joke of a head coach anyways. He needs to be fired, but uh he somehow won Euro 2016, and that's the only reason why he has his job still. But to each their own there. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I do want to take a one look at the uh, – I do want to take a look at our brackets here in our wonderful oh, – Well, before that, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so the, the, clearly there's a North Macedonia. Why isn't there a South? I'm looking at this map, and I'm just confused. Oh, it's why, like, isn't, uh... why isn't it just Macedonia? Well, it's 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 like Virginia. There's Virginia and there's West Virginia, but there's no South Virginia or North well, Virginia. Well, yeah, but like there's no. So why not just call it Macedonia? I'm pretty sure it has something to do with like wars and like border drawing the borders of countries or something. Greece like probably that. stole South Macedonia. I'm well, all right. That's that's what I'm going with. Well, the thing is, too, <laughs> like, it all depends on like you know how the history how the history yeah. went over in that area. There, I'm I mean, do some Greece, research tonight. Greece, uh, Massa. Well, don't forget, like, you know, I'll give you a history lesson. Like, don't forget, like, Greece may have been for like one of the first like civilizations, like in all of my in all of world history. Yes, but Alexander the Great's empire was not Greek. He conquered the Greeks. Actually, he was Macedonian. All right, that makes sense. And also, like, um, they play Tuesday now, right, against Portugal, though. I think they play Tuesday. Yes, All right. I really, I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm gonna try to find a way to watch it, and I'm watching North Macedonia beat the shit out of Portugal, and I really hope it happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, didn't North Macedonia in um the Euro in the the they made Euro, the Euros? Yeah, they made the Euros, and didn't they have a win over someone? Yeah, like they actually man? won. They beat somebody. I forget who they beat, and then their striker retired at the end of the year at the after they got eliminated. So um, uh, definitely will be interesting there. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'll just go around here real quick before I go into looking at our brackets and how dead everybody is practically in our group. But hey, I'm in second. You have a max of 940, but I'll go into that later. There. <laughs> um, uh, I will say I will just say this. I mean, Sweden has a good chance. Sweden and Wales will meet in uh, will meet next week too and the winner of that will go to the world cup and i want wales to go to the world cup just because like i saw like i was watching that game earlier today and it was practically like prime gareth bale with his two amazing goals and he practically told the spanish media to go fuck themselves afterwards and it was great that was great i did see that uh pop up on my instagram and i love that i love that too um, do you have any other final soccer talk thoughts before I take, before we go in and I, t- and we take a look and dissect how dead these brackets are? Uh, um, I hate, I hate, I hate freaking international break so much. Oh, so do I. I and mean, also Mexico and USA are tied zero zero right now still. Yes, this is true. And I, it's at halftime. I switched back to Duke. Um, uh, uh, but I do just want to conclude with the podcast, uh, with our brackets. And we had over, and we had fifth over, and we had seventeen entries in the Lonely Heart Sports Pod gr- bracket group, which is more than I expected. Although I will say, I made two brackets, Paiska made two brackets, and Brad made two brackets. 
Um, but I will say this. Almost everybody, every, almost everybody's bracket is dead except for four brackets. Um, everybody, so I'll tell you who, so I'll tell you who's out. Pisces picks two is practically dead because he picked Gonzaga. Um, your bracket sadly is dead because you, <laughs> your, one of your final fours is gone and Auburn lost. Brad's bracket lost. It has been dead since the first round because he had Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know who fish sticks is. They have Purdue. They play tomorrow. They could win. They could lose. I mean, St. Peter's could continue their magical run. Um, CJ wild. He picked Gonzaga. His bracket is dead. Jake Perry picked Tennessee. His, um, dead. his dad, they lost. In fact, he had Gonzaga. Oh, his final, his championship matches dead. He had Gonzaga. They're, his, they are gone. That, that bracket is gonzo. Um, your dad's still alive though. Um, yeah, but he's going to be dead. Yeah, Arizona's losing, aren't they? Arizona, Arizona's losing right now, and I need them to lose because I have both the underdogs in tonight. So <laughs> I love it. I love me. it. Fighting against your dad. Your dad. Yeah. Jeff Brackett is dead because he had Gonzaga. NCAA artwork won. They had Baylor. Their bracket's been dead since they lost to North Carolina. Ryan Westfall, his bracket died a long time ago because his max is only 530. And <laughs> He picked Tennessee and Kentucky to go to the to the championship game. Kentucky losing in the first round. Tennessee getting knocked out in the second round. Um, the Fighting Franconas have Arizona. I don't know who they are, um, but it looks like they have Arizona beating UCLA in the championship. So his championship match, their championship match is practically set, um, unless UCLA and Arizona lose. Nick is Nick's bracket died a long time ago. He picked Kentucky to win. He had Kentucky. He had Villanova in the, in the championship game too, but three of his final four teams have been shot. Um, Paiska's original bracket has Purdue winning it all. They could lose two. And then you had two bullshit brackets. One of them had New Mexico state and another one of them had Duke. Duke is losing right now. So we don't know what will happen there. And then looking at my picks, my brackets could potentially die tomorrow. Um, if UCLA loses to North Carolina, but other than that, I mean, other than the brackets dying, I'm glad we didn't do this for money because not only would I not want to hunt people down for money, uh, but at the same time, like I would not like want to be, playing for money in a tournament that has been so wild like imagine your bracket being dead after like day one and you're just like well fuck i threw ten dollars away well i mean it it's i i love i love the just the drama of the tournament i mean i i i still have a chance i believe so in myself to win this i mean i'm shooting at a 91 percent right now with my pick so can never complain about that so i'm happy but um I still two of my two of my final four teams are still alive, which is great. Yes, um, Texas Tech and I Purdue. Need, I just need Purdue to win tomorrow. I need. I mean, Texas Tech is winning right now, as you guys probably know. We're recording it's eleven o'clock now. Um, but I, I consider myself still alive. Yeah, you're 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 not wrong there. I, I mean, I'm shredding. I'm shredding water right now. I'm I, I mean, I look at your max. It's certainly not the worst max. I mean, the fact that your dad like has a max of fifteen twenty right now. I mean, I need to see like what his um. Uh... Oh, all of his final four teams are still alive. Yeah. Um, uh... 
Yeah, he's got yeah, because he's got Texas Tech, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas, and then he's got Arizona beating Texas Tech. Your dad may be onto something here, unless Arizona loses. But I really hope Arizona loses tonight. Yeah, then Houston. They, I mean, this Houston team and this Texas Tech team just through the tournament. We're just watching the game through this tournament. These two teams, like, I could see these two teams in the final just based on the fact with how big they are, and just they bully other teams. Yeah, this is they true. just bully this other teams as long as they and they don't foul that much either for how big they are and how aggressive they play. Texas Tech and Houston though would be one of the most least, one of the least watched finals of all time though because people I'm pretty sure like people have pro- I even forgot like wait Houston's in the tournament and then it's just Texas Tech and it's just like wait a second like how and why the how and why the fuck are you here like when, <laughs> when you think of college basketball like you're not expecting texas tech and houston to be in a final but hey strange things stranger things have happened before so it is what it is there right i mean i had um, uab going to the sweet 16 so uh, so did i with you i was <laughs> that was i rode that one hard and that one did not work out for me i mean hey we should have rode st peter's uh-huh. beating kentucky but i got called out actually i'm uh I got called out because of this. Like, oh, you didn't talk about Kentucky all that much. Like, you called St. Peter's a bunch of bums. Well, you're expected to beat St. Peter's out of the fucking Mac. The campus is one street for fuck's sake. I would have fired. I would have fired Cal right after that game. After I found out like what St. Peter's looks like as a campus. But hey, they're in the Sweet 16. If they beat Purdue, who knows what the fuck can happen? But it is what it is. There. This is March. This is madness. I'm here for it. Do if I put a future friend- on St. Peter's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to win the 2023 Mac. That's about it. Don't put that. Don't put a future on them to win the whole thing. I, 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 you never know. But yeah, I am a, happy with. I rode. I rode Arkansas hard. Um, and yeah, they're having a nation. They're having a. I, I bought the shirt. I bought the shirt when I was at the tournament, wearing it right now. I had to had to uh, wrap my boys tonight. Ride the must bus. Um, they didn't look good. They did not look good against New Mexico State. But they looked really good tonight against Gonzaga. And that's all that matters. They're in the Elite Eight, and they're going to play whoever wins this game between Texas Tech and Duke. But other than that, I really have nothing else here. I mean, we covered everything we wanted. Um, although, I will, although I will say this. Paiska, some of the takes you've been saying about, like, wanting the Bills to sign this player, that player, and that player. I like the way he's thinking. Like, he, he's like us. The, the cap is imaginary. But some of the players that you think that they should sign, I'm just like, no, that will not work. But you keep doing you, my guy. I'm not, I won't criticize because I won't criticize because his bracket was doing better than mine until Gonzaga lost. But um, other than that, I've got nothing else to say. Do you have any other final thoughts, sir? No, I have no other final thoughts. I talked about really everything I wanted to. Um, I'm happy we got to cover everything. Oh, Ben, go ahead. I have one more thing. you, You jump in right now. I have one more thing, and I, it's something I shared with you earlier today. For all you golf fans out there, there is one name that is listed on the Masters website as an active participant in the Masters, and I am not. And I am pleased to say that it looks like that Tiger Woods may be playing in the 22, 2022 Masters tournament, um, which will be in two weeks. Oh, was I, li- sorry, sorry. Continue. He was listed. On the website as an active participant, and when I saw that today, I was just ecstatic. Yeah, that is very exciting. I really hope he can play. I know Augusta is a tough course to watch, but there's one thing that actually came on the news yesterday that I meant to bring up um, in their closing remarks, so I will now. 
Phil Mickelson will not be competing in the Masters for the first time in 20-some years, which is kind of sad. You would have yes. thought if he would have wanted to get back into it, I feel like this would have been the tournament to do it because uh, Augusta is – the people there are just patrons. They won't heckle you or anything. It's very, like, civil there. Um, and it wouldn't have been the biggest headline come Augusta, come Masters time because all – the talk of the town come Augusta time is the course. And that's all people talk about. Exactly. It would have been bigger headlines. So this is would have been the term. I thought he would have come back and just like made an apology and moved on with it. Cause he could have went under the bus. Now, whenever he does decide, if he does decide to come back to play for the PGA tour, he is going to get bigger headlines. So I would have thought this would have been the term he would have done it, but he is not. But then you sent me that thing today about tiger and it just made me completely forget about Phil. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, is like Phil not playing was news. But if Tiger does play, that's bigger news. Exactly. And then the talk, and then the talk will be Tiger, not even the course. But to each their own. There, um, I'm excited. If that if that is true, there, I'm excited about that. <coughs> um, uh, and me. I will and I will just look forward to that. There, um, I will also say that I'm enjoying the match play turn. I'm also enjoying the match play right now. Although I will say that the course in Austin looks terrible, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, I the match play is always fun. Match play is always fun, but I think the course looks terrible. And the only reason why I think the course looks terrible is because I'm seeing player like either the players just don't, either they don't just don't know how to golf on the course, or the course is just too good for them. Because I'm just seeing them in the water. I hit the rocks. Um, the shambo got into the sprinklers, like got into like the sprinkler hole or whatever it was like uh, yesterday. Um, uh, and somebody else did too, and they got mad about it because the rules judge said, "Oh, you can't do anything about that. That's that's there." And uh, it was kind of funny, but um, I'm know. actually excited tomorrow to see um, the Kisner Justin Thomas matchup, just because Kisner is such a good match play player. Yes, this is true. This is very true. Like I said, I'll be keeping an eye on it. I'll I'll be keeping an eye on it as much as I can tomorrow there. Um, uh, but now I officially have nothing else to say. Um, other than like, yeah, if you other than like, you know, that's just it for us this episode. Uh, listen to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, thank you to all that have part- decided to participate in our bracket group for ESPN Tournament Challenge. We apologize that's been a shit show, but it's been <laughs> for us too. Um, and until next episode, keep on keeping on, everybody. Oh.